Hey. Hey. Welcome Hi. to Four Nerds Save the Universe, episode 40, <sighs> Shell and Three Bird. Three nerds and a cow. Episode 41. <laughs> episode 41, Shell and Bird missed the episode 40. How dare you not 40, be here for entirely uh, missed, arbitrary like, numbers that don't way, matter? <laughs> haven't I missed way more than like 40 and 39 and probably 38 at this point? I don't know. I think you're just gone for two weeks, I think. Uh, whatever it was. Uh, what did you say it was? 41. Yeah, we're 41 now. Uh, oh, we wow, had, that's how many days had... of Christmas there are. Just what? <laughs> that song is a lot longer than most people give it credit for. It's, I mean, the, Ameri- the, the, the modern 30. American version where the Christmas just keeps expanding <laughs> until it eats Halloween. <laughs> On the 41st day of Christmas, we went trick-or-treating. So, you joke about that, but like the target across the street... I'm not On joking. Halloween, the Christmas de- <laughs> decorations go out. It's horrifying. If uh, oh, if Christmas keeps spreading out to consume everything else, like we won't be able to explain to our children what the Nightmare Before Christmas is about, because they're like <laughs> those are different holidays. Like we won't be able to explain that to them yeah. anymore because that's that's the direction we're going towards. I want to go, oh, dude. <laughs> Thanksgiving we, just sits dejected in the corner. If we ever live. <laughs> In proximity, we need to go caroling on th- on uh, not Thanksgiving on on Halloween. <laughs> <laughs> Just go caroling in all the wrong holidays. Yeah. Oh yeah. Valentine's Day. Fuck it. Why not? <laughs> I love you. You love me. We both went to Valentine's Happy Day in our heads. Valentine's. Well, it's like the most not Christmas. separated out. Yeah, it's like it's a couple like months after Christmas. Yeah, if you're doing Christmas shit, then you're doing. Christmas. The wrong thing, yeah. How come How come Christmas only goes in one direction, though? Like, why doesn't Christmas go in the other direction and gobble up some New Year's Because time? there's preparation involved in celebrating Christmas, because you buy things in advance and stuff like that, and in a capitalist yeah. society that's all about doing more and more events about that, basically, to sell things. Afterwards, it's clearance sales. So okay. technically, yeah. you're just a, you're bitter as a ham and ham on Sundays. Well, it's just the reason you gotta you gotta set yeah. stuff up in advance to celebrate the I, day, even if you're like putting up decorations. Whereas afterwards, it's like, same, eh. at the same time, people keep their trees up through January sometimes, and <laughs> oh, then you see them. <laughs> no excuse. Yeah, I I had I had a friend who's who would keep live trees up well after they died. So like you Ew. know they get the live tree and then just keep it up for. All the uh, way into the summer. summer, and there would just oh. be like a corner of the house that was just covered what? in pine needles and like a dead tree sitting there. And I'm like, you should really like take this down. And they're like, yeah, we should. And we that's just the end of it. We always just had a fake tree that we jammed in a box in the garage every time, and then then brought back out <laughs> for over and over again for 20 years. My family, they don't do it anymore because I'm the only one that would put it together. But we had one of those like full scale. Um, trees that you had to assemble part by part, piece by piece, branch by branch. And uh, it was quite labor intensive, but mm-hmm. I absolutely loved putting it up. And now that I'm gone, they bought some tiny, like, three-foot thing that they, <laughs> yeah, they stick in the corner. And I'm just like, guys, how dare you? Because <laughs> our, our tree I, uh, was just glorious. I had a neighbor growing up who left the uh, Christmas lights on their house on the entire year round. Yeah, I think everyone had one of those people in the area that just always well, had lights on their house. So <laughs> I live down in Southern California where like you don't really have to worry about snow or anything like that. And so people would just leave their, their lights there. 
And I think there was kind of a community realization that the uh, Christmas lights actually looked better than the house lights. <laughs> so, like, I know my neighborhood, uh -huh. for example, almost all of them had Christmas lights year-round. It actually looked really nice at night. Uh, and then you got the the go-to, like, indie rock protagonist of adventure games made by indie studios where, like, the protagonist will have a room where their ha their room they sleep in is full of... It's lit entirely by Christmas lights instead of actual, oh, yeah. like, normal lights. That was me. That was me in college. <laughs> you were it was Futaba? actually really nice. I sure. I I the the dorm lights were really bright and like mine buzzed. And so we replaced it with the black light and covered the entire room in Christmas lights, and that was just it. And it was actually really nice mood lighting. And then if we wanted to do dumb things with uh highlighters, we'd flip on the black lights and draw on the walls. Oh, my mistake. Futaba's uh, room isn't, like, lit up with Christmas lights. She has, like, glow-in-the-dark stickers on everything instead. And back in my neighborhood, Probably we has had fuzzy one of the... posters. Yeah. <laughs> we had one of the crazy uh, neighbors that would consistently make it into the newspaper every single year for mm -hmm. their light display. You know, insofar as to having, the like, Santa in his sleigh and all of the reindeer on their front lawn and a timer that counted down to the seconds until Christmas. And mm -hmm. uh, I, I just can't imagine their electric bill. Uh, <laughs> that, that's um, not the thought that I would have had. But, yeah, I guess that would be pretty bad, too. I do I wonder just, how like, much wattage that takes. A lot. Those displays are really, really electricity expensive, especially back before they started using like really cheap, um, energy efficient bulbs. Like, ooh. Anyway, so this is ostensibly a video game podcast. <laughs> I, I'm trying um, to trace back how we got to Christmas, but it's been the entire podcast so far. Yeah, there we just immediately lost into that. As yeah, if it we were was a talking plan. about Christmas over encroaching on the rest of the year. I don't even remember I how mean, we got yeah. there, though. Yeah, it's just October. It, it almost it rolled off the tongue so well. It must have it almost must have seemed like a planned topic, but no, uh. <laughs> we had no idea. Okay, so then, uh, Hob, um, Hob. both Wander and I have played Hob. Uh, Wander's beaten it. I have not, so we'll keep it at that level. I don't think, um, it's... Keith, you've not played Hob, have you? Nope. Okay. And you're probably you not to? going to. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. We, mm. I mean, we've seen his like list of backlogs, but it was going to be next really... on my schedule when he called it a puzzle game. But then I saw any footage of it, and I'm like, that's not a puzzle game. No, it's <laughs> it's it's a puzzle game like Zelda's a puzzle game. There are puzzles there, but they're not like hard. They're just mm. kind of like you look Once at every it, you're thirty like, oh. minutes. You push a block in the way of something so you can get over something. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's it's usually a little bit more. Apparently, Bird has soft-locked himself out of a couple upgrades because he did the puzzles wrong, but oh. that was about the extent of it. I just did I the, did the puzzles temple. wrong because I skipped the distraction elements and just went straight for the solution. <laughs> oh, but you're always I'm supposed serious. to do it last. I got, yeah. like, I walk into a room and I'll see a glowing button in the middle of the room and then, like, three things behind the button, and then I just go over and, like, push the three things, then push the button... And apparently by doing that once, I actually locked myself out of um, a like permanent upgrade because you're supposed to go into the center of the room and push the button in the middle because apparently you're an idiot and you're just like immediately going to just beeline towards the things. I, 
That sounds that really like bothers strange... me. There's actually a lot of things in that game. That sounds that like really strange design. Me. Like it, that sounds like the issue of yeah. like you hit a hitting a forked path in a game and being like, oh, do I go left or right? I don't know. I'll go just enough down one side to take a look at it and then maybe turn and back. And then the gate then closes you, behind you. Yeah, or like yeah. you go halfway down the hallway and then a cutscene starts where you jump off a cliff. I'm like, no, that's yeah. not what. We, that's not what I was going for. Yeah, I hate that. It's a little questionable for Hob, but like, I guess for me, almost none of it matters because like, you don't you there are no boss fights, so like having extra HP is kind of meaningless. Mm -hmm. uh, same with same thing with the extra EXP bars. If if it was like a, a I mean stamina, right? Oh, the energy bar, the blue bar. That wasn't really yeah. stamina because you didn't need it for dodging. It was That's mostly true. just to charge up your punch. That's um, true. So the entire, uh, we should probably explain what Hob is. It's kind of like, it's kind of like Zelda where you've got this, like, uh, the older Zeldas, I'd say, like uh, Link to the Past or Link's Awakening, mm -hmm. uh, where you've got, like, kind of this sort of ostensibly big open world that you can explore, but it's kind of locked off by, like, what you have available to you. You know, you can't chop down the bushes. Immediately, you can't press some of the switches. They're, like, obviously teleport pads that you can't use. And I thought there were these grates that you could jump down, but turns out that was a red herring all along. Um, but so kind of initially you're you're given this big open world and then kind of guided down a very linear path and you have to do a bunch of things. And then slowly over the course of the game, the entire world opens up. But really, even then, it doesn't open up until the end of the game, which is that always caught me by a bit of surprise. But each area is kind of marked by a couple of things, a bunch of different collectibles, uh, a a dungeon, if not, like, two uh, in a couple of areas. And this kind of, like, purpley corruption stuff that you have to clear to actually gain access to everything. Because it's blocking your path and will kill you if you try and get past it and uh, so on and so forth. And so by by going around collecting upgrades and, like, turning the world back on effectively and rebuilding the world, you slowly get access to everything. I actually, I really liked, I think, more the the narrative and the organization of it than the like you know minute to minute because uh one area for example you're going into effectively a giant generator and plugging everything back in and it lights up the rest of the world and activates everything uh thereafter or another will, place where I you turn on the water i will say that i think i've i think i've tuned in to watch you play it like five times now for like a couple minutes at a time and every single time you were just in transit between places i That's spend a lot of actually time yeah, you spend a lot of time walking between destinations in, in that like, game. Wasn't, to the point where I've, sort of, I've tuned in like five times, and I don't think I know what the gameplay is yet. <laughs> wasn't point. it a huge issue that so much of the world was open to you on a single map that it was causing everything well, to... Well, that's like, a separate thing, and I was going to talk about that later. Uh, for me, uh, I'm such a completionist for Metroidvanias that like, if I get one power-up, I immediately go back through the entire world a second time mm. to see what mm. side areas I've gotten access to, even though the smart thing would be to Try to get, say, like, half oh, of them or something and then yeah. backtrack once, then backtrack before the end or something. Yeah, and it yeah. actually turns out that the game was designed specifically for waiting until the end before you do everything, because until you clear out that purple goo, most areas are, like, just completely un inaccessible to you. And so I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how to get to a place... Uh, and in one or two cases, it really was because there was like a, a hidden ladder somewhere that I needed to take down to an area. Like there's I missed a, a whole a bit huge of that section with Mario and Rabbids, actually. Or like you really? have to keep, yeah. In Mario and Rabbids, every time you finish a world, you get a new power, which means oh, you then have yeah. to replay the entire previous world you just finished, but now with that power to unlock environmental puzzles to continue. 
But then they get kind of dickish about it, because in the first one, you finish the first world and get a power that lets you replay the entire first world to solve it 100%. But when you do the second world, the, the like they give you the second power, but then there's also but a, you still clearly need the third. A, yeah, yeah there's a third thing you need. I'm like, no. So like you'll do I a actually, second lap through the area and then it, realize you need that, a third lap. It's like that with the Metroid Prime games. And the funny, yeah. the, the terrible thing is you can hear the power ups. Yeah, you know it's there. So you it can see it, but you can't hear it. And so it's, it could be like be beyond a shield or beyond a wall or up in the rafters or somewhere, and you're like, I don't know how to get it yet. And then you have uh-huh. to you have to remember where they are to go like back for them. Skulltulas. Yeah. Skeletas. Yep. <laughs> but that's that's actually what broke me for Mario and Rabbids, where I was eventually just like, I'm not going back for the uh the remaining uh I- I'm not going back for the, the remaining collectibles that or not collectibles challenges. They're just not worth it until I've beat the game. Uh but so Hob kind of does that, and I-, I almost wish they had made it less obvious that you could go back for things, like even locked you in. Mm. Um But that said I think I, uh, I I should talk uh, more positively. I just really liked, I think, playing it because there aren't a whole lot of games where you're just kind of wandering around the world and solving things. Mm-hmm. And, you know, nothing is like particularly demanding and you just kind of go at your own pace. Um, and so I got to screw around. I found out, uh, by the way, Bird, when yes. you play, there will be waterfalls. I want you to fling yourself into them sideways <laughs> and tell okay. me what happens. Okay. Because I'm good. Uh, as as Shell had kind of uh, alluded to, they they programmed the game and they didn't think about Ryzen processors uh, when they uh-huh. ma- when they made the game. So, Bird, you said your performance has been like perfectly fine for Hob, right? No, no, oh, it I hasn't. have issues too. Um, but they manifest tell? in really, really like in very local areas. I'll just walk through, and while I'm in that specific spot, my frame It'll rate grind. will drop will drop yeah. from like sixty to twenty. Yeah, yeah I, watched, I watched some hardcore I, hitching in that game. Does it have like yeah. a de novo and thing going on, or is it just actual no, genuine they problems? Didn't, they didn't make the game for Ryzen, and then they also didn't make it load very well. So uh, whenever you're transitioning yeah. areas, it would just grind to a halt. And if you were fighting on top of an area transition, you would load the previous area, load the next area, and then switch back and forth oh. instead of keeping them both loaded there for a little while. Um, so I didn't which have nearly as many problems bad. as you had, Wander, yeah. but I did still have... Um, just random spots you just walk by them and you're like oh what is happening let's just keep talking and keep walking and then it clears up but like you definitely got the um the uh the blunt end of the uh of the stick there uh the nice thing for my metaphors very badly there (laughs) (laughs) uh the nice thing for me on that one was uh so (laughs) i i had started streaming down the the ugly apple yeah i really did (laughs) i it I, I fell down it and then it hit me uh, uh, the rest of the way. But so um, <laughs> so I actually started playing Hob the night before it came out because that's when they handed mm-hmm. it out. And um, the developers actually showed up and I was like kind of waffling. I'm like, maybe I should give them time to fix it. And the lead designer showed up and he's like, no, keep playing. Mm-hmm. Please Aww. just keep playing because uh, you're, you're finding all of the bugs that we can't find. <laughs> Uh, That's so we act- good. <laughs> They're so honest actually- developers. Good for them. Yeah. No. Like, I. It's a shame because for me, Hob is actually one of my like one of my more favorite games from the year, just purely from like an aesthetic world standpoint. You like robots? Yeah, I like robots. I like ancient runes, and I love like this visual style. And it was just pleasant. Um. But so they they more or less demanded that I uh that I keep playing. But the so- patch notes for patch one point 
uh, the third note is special shout out to Wanderbot, whose assistance singularly <laughs> made this patch possible. Um, <laughs> and so, like, I was in this, like, weird no standpoint way. where I was just like, I got to stop because this game does not perform at all well. And, like, I feel like I'm, I'm making it look awful. You had a lot of people going after you in the comments like, why are you playing Yeah, this? somebody's like, turn down the graphics. You clearly can't handle this. And I'm like, no, this is, like... This is Patch Notes 1.10.2. Special <laughs> shout out to Wanderbot, whose assistant singularly made this patch possible. Yeah. <laughs> nice, dude. Yeah. And very nice. I, your, your most expensive computer possible basically can't handle this indie game, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, what you need I've to do actually... is you need to actually get a second 1080 Ti and you need to SLI them together, and then you can <sighs> experience the true majesty of Hob. Really, I need to figure out how to get an Intel and a Ryzen processor into my computer and run At them the same in parallel. Time. Yeah, <laughs> actually, what solved the problem? Your computer needs to dual processors. No, you can't. I thought it was graphics cards you could have multiple I of. I actually yeah. had this problem worse. Next, you're going to tell a... me you could have multiple RAM sticks. Uh, <laughs> uh, <laughs> ne- uh, kind of on the topic of poor for performance, uh, I've actually had the same problem with the Total War Warhammer 2 game that came out. Mm-hmm. That was going to be like my backup game because I got really mad at v- Vaporum, so I loaded it up and it was just instant 20 FPS on bare minimum graphics. And I'm just like, well, fuck this. This looks like it's mi- out of the mid-2000s and I don't want to deal with it. Uh, so I just gave up, but, uh, I, it feels like I should not have gone with the Ryzen processor because it is it really creating sucks, more problems. It really sucks because those are such hyped processors they're and nice. they're supposed they're to be so top good. of the line. And but is it? But games that have been in development for longer than the Ryzen has exist, they, like yeah. for Runic, for example, they didn't have a test box. So mm-hmm. AMD actually hands, like, drove a computer to them and delivered it to them personally. It's saying like, here's your text, text, uh, test computer uh you know make it work and then they didn't and, make it work <laughs> well they did make it work but this is after the game had come out um, oh i get you oh and so two hours before i was done with the game uh the developers pop on and be like we fixed it by the mm-hmm. way we 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 had the amd computer finally and and you know got it all working loaded up and it just it smoothed out so much more so now it looks like uh oh, you know what you experienced bird yeah they Fix the vast majority of the problems that I was experiencing. I'm sure they've got more. Isn't that the issue with anything that's just so brand new that not enough has been established for it and you run the risk of being... Yeah, they probably just didn't even think Ryzen processors existed, but since Bird and even PS4 players have actually said that they have hitching and crashing issues, which... I mean, at that point, you run out of excuses pretty fast when it's the console port... Yeah, they've got excuses for me because, like, okay, Ryzen, that's that's excusable. But the rest of it is like, I, huh, really? Um, and I feel bad for them because, like, they're lovely people and they make great games. But at the same time, this is their third game that Runix put out. And these guys are the guys that worked on Diablo 1 and 2. So, mm-hmm. like, you'd think they kind of know how to launch a non-broken game. Yeah. Actually, well, back to... Th- you know, that's a big part of the experience is that, yeah, it had a very rough launch, but, like, assuming that they have, like, smoothed all that out, like, there's still, um, in my opinion, it's a game that missed so many opportunities, and I don't know how much of it is on me or not, but, like, it's a open world game, and it's about exploration and stuff, and I constantly find myself finding little nooks and crannies and paths that I think are going to lead somewhere 
and then I and jump onto you them. You fling yourself and to your death. I fall <laughs> through them. I clip yep. through them. I bounce off of them. I or in I some have, cases I land on them and then they just I think like Wander's first session me. with the game involved a Demon Souls style like character goes skiing off into the abyss because he stepped on yeah. a slight slope or at the beginning yeah, of the game. Uh, mm-hmm. I had that happen. There was uh, I had a bug actually where I got rid of all the purple goop. Uh, I I cleared it out. And then I walked through where it was, and then my character sunk into the world, dying horribly, because it actually it had gone invisible, but it hadn't unloaded. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there was another point where I just randomly fell into the world and died. <laughs> and when you play Bird, was there that like horrible Wilhelm scream, or had they already gotten rid no, of that? No, they had oh. removed the the Wilhelm okay. scream from so, when he fell oh off no, the cliffs. They the, used a Wilhelm scream. The sound scream. engineer had yeah. had been hanging out a- after they had patched it out. And he was the guy that did like all of the sound effects, and so I I fell to my death, and I'm like, hey, there's no Wilhelm scream, and he's like, yeah, I removed it, and I was like, I kind of almost missed it, uh, but the problem is they had added it, but I guess it wasn't, it was either poorly balanced or it just wasn't affected by the sound slider. So oh, loud, so it was always loud. So like you know you'll you'll hear like kind of quiet like sword slashing moves, and then you'll accidentally fall off, and then there's like a. <laughs> really loud and it's just like Jesus um, it is actually one of the most unsettling falling noises I've ever heard in a video game and it felt so wildly out of character for the ga- game I actually found it charming just because it was such a like weird thing um, but it was it was bizarre I and can't, it's probably good they took it out yeah I can't stand games where whenever you take damage your character's like ah, uh, ah, yeah, and it's just like I don't want to listen to this. Why? <laughs> Call of Duty. Uh, <laughs> uh, uh. Oh, I was playing a game called Exmark Defense recently, which is a tower defense, and you have to protect your like core. Mm. Except for every what, time what? it got shot by dudes with machine guns, who'd be like, "The core is under attack." So one oh, dude with the core. machine gun. Would, uh-huh. Yeah. Core. What did I? What did you think I said? Core. Uh, I was protecting my sexy alien bitches and every time they got shot <laughs> the sad. alien overlord would be like your horror's under attack and uh, but there was no cooldown on it so we'd say it over and over and over again layered on top of each other so if if I was losing, it was as like Wait, a billion the, lines overlaid so on top of each other. It wasn't uh, your core is under your attack. Your core is under, it's no. like your core, your core, your core, yeah, your core, yeah. and then it just keeps. It going. just did that over and over. It's like a round. And it was horrifying. It's a terrible it was amazing. round. Uh, this was a fun game. Row, row, row your boat, but like on every note. So yeah. row, 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 row your boat. Yeah, it's or it's like if uh, the core. <laughs> it's, it's B-movie, but every time they say B, B-movie starts over again. It layered on top of the previous B-movie. There you go. Oh, yeah, I want to watch that now. God. Oh, no, you don't. Wait, be awful. The B-movie? No, we're podcasting. Why? Watch shit YouTube videos later. <laughs> I wonder if that exists, actually. I should look it up You can it make it after. yourself. You just watch B-movie, and every time they say B, you open a new tab of the same video. <laughs> Until your core processor wrong. melts down and your job is lost. <laughs> Man. Uh, well, I actually had my wow, own encounter with an indie see, developer. I want to see Wander actually doing that and recording his reaction to it. Anyway, <laughs> Keith, tell your, tell your story about not the B movie. Okay. I ended up with my own indie developer encounter because I ended up playing Primordia recently, just because it oh, yeah. usually comes up as a request, and it is not at all a new game. But uh, 
Like it's it's one thing when like you play the hot new indie game or not not even not hot new but just any new indie game that's currently like people are manning the PR for it and everything they're like oh man we're gonna support you and everything like we're, we retweet you when we comment on your videos all that stuff that happens normally when they're just trying to like you know like look good and everything. Uh, it's always very short lived. It's a trip when you play a game from five years ago and that happens. <laughs> Where they're, like, sharing your videos and also commenting on the videos and explaining, like, the inspirations and things going on in various parts of the game and what it was like to develop That's on it. And actually pretty cool. Or even talking about, like, oh, no, Loom is way better than our game and stuff like that. <laughs> I'm like, okay, this is a trip. Uh, it made me very happy I had pre-already beaten the game before the video they, uh, before they really started arriving just because uh, there was this, this awkward moment where you encounter a female robot and I'm like, isn't it... Oh. I just wanted to talk about, like, for a moment, like, the weirdness of, like, it's weird how all these robots have no apparent gender until suddenly there's a female character and that one has female traits when nobody had gendered traits until just now because, like, they don't, they're just robot-shaped. And then it's, like, I get this, there's this detailed comment about how, like, it's actually the, uh, uh, that robot is inspired by, like, I think somebody at the company works in law and like that was it was based on one of their heroes and stuff like that that died before the character was finished and before the game came out and i'm like oh okay i'm sure happy i finished before they started commenting or it'd be really hard to like not filter literally everything yeah i'd be like terrified (laughs) about everything i say because i'd be like going through this filter of like this like talking about someone's passion project (laughs) what emotional landmine am i going to fling myself bodily onto next It's it's a real nightmare sometimes. It's like when yeah, when you have a when you have the the uh developer show up on your stream and you're like suddenly like not wanting to say anything negative at all, but also like I but like stuff's going bad usually still anyway and it's like what do I uh they're here. <laughs> uh Primordia is a really cool game though. It's it uh is. it's standard more or less uh as far as like the game the gameplay goes with like Go find objects and put them in the places where you need the objects to continue. And this guy will only let you through with the, if you have this thing and stuff like that. And various mixtures thereof. A few little funny tricks where like you'll like use up a device and the device will break, and then you'll scavenge multiple other things out of the device that you might make other devices out of for later puzzles and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, they'd have an interesting take on like. I think they wanted to keep the old school adventure game thing where like you can make permanent thing where you can permanently miss stuff but they did but they wanted to make it not be the problem it normally was in old school adventure games so like in those older adventure games you make a you make a mistake and you don't know until an hour later that you needed that one item from way back there so you have to reload a save all the way back there and replay the entire game since then because you often went through several like one-way directions from scene to scene and stuff like that in this game it's more like there are certain points in the story where you can do something or not do something and like whether or not you get the item that results from those actions at that scene will change how many endings you can get by the end of the game, basically. Ooh. I always like those because then it, it... Well, so it's better than having to just replay the game. It actually means that there's a consequence for overlooking something or not. At the same time, I hate games that give me like plot consequences if I didn't like grab the MacGuffin. I mean, it depends on how it's handled. Primordia might do it better, but... like, So in Primordia, almost... you can get the good ending... regardless so it's like there are more and more and more endings some of them are like some of them are inventive some of them are like weird player actions you wouldn't think to do that can that can create an ending some of them are 
optional items create alternate branches of the ending because you can use them because like the final solution like the final mm-hmm. scenario in the game is itself like a puzzle and so the puzzle itself has a bunch of different solutions based on a bunch of things you could think of doing slash items that you might have that were caused by optional branches and story lo- br- things up until that point so it's like it's really weirdly interesting it's also gorgeous yeah it's got a really nice style it's also got a really nice like kind of post apocalyptic sci-fi setting super post-apocalyptic and that there's yeah. no humans because every character yeah. is a robot <laughs> including the protagonist yep and yep. his buddy robot uh, great... how long was it out uh, of curiosity my ser- i did 11 episodes okay so like five hours yeah it's not take. it's not too bad uh there's a few leaps in logic in puzzles mostly in the actually the first part more so than the later parts there's like a few like yeah that's where i got what? stuck I, I was i was like demoing it to see if i should play it with shell back when shell was mm. kind of like i don't really want to do uh do like games for youtube and i was like but maybe that was primordia back when we were first yeah starting th- out though. no this is like really early on yeah there, there's some I, real like, moments of like I got stuck there's some real moments of like i'm going to put myself in adventure game mode and try to think in adventure game logic as opposed to real logic a few times mm-hmm. of like what kind of weird like almost joke solution can this can this problem have and then that turns out to work and stuff like that i had that a couple of times uh bird actually speaking of adventure games did you have you uh have you looked at hive swap at all or no because i've talked about this with keith but you've never been around on the podcast uh, this is the first time I've even heard the phrase Hive Swap. So, uh, Andrew Wait, Hussey, the creator oh, of Homestuck, what is this? made an adventure <laughs> game. When, uh, like oh, this. Adventure okay, game. I was reading about this yesterday, or the day before that. Did yeah. this actually come out? Yeah, it came out uh, a couple weeks ago. Oh, uh, I didn't know that. It's really, actually, very good. I, obviously, it's not complicated. It's mostly just like, did you like Homestuck? You'll probably like this game. Okay, done. But people are complaining okay. that you keep trying the pigeon on um, everything. Yeah, so the thing is, <laughs> you know how in, like, adventure games you can Pigeons! use an item on another item and sometimes they'll have, like, a funny quip? Uh-huh. They embraced that and then, like, wore <laughs> skin and then pretended pretended that that was what the game was and that's what the game is Ew. now. Yeah. What kind I'm of analogy? I thought I had the worst I don't analogy know. of the day. I, I'm te- I'm terrible at analogies to begin with, so usually I've just embraced Apparently, the horrible ones. They embraced and then I wear it skin, skin and then skin. just assumed that I'm it. <laughs> anyway, um, Gross. but so what? So you every item generally has an interaction with every no other wonder. item. Fortnite wore PUBG's skin. That's how that yeah. works. <laughs> Wait, isn't, yeah, isn't that true. a common thing with a lot of really old school games where let's say yes. you had the yeah. car key and it's like Putt Putt would go, I can't use the car key there. Wait, why am I saying card key for Putt Putt? Putt Putt is a car. Yeah. So, <laughs> I mean, the, um, the age old joke is just to give people a lick option and then come up with a thing of like what's the, what they say as the reason you're not going to lick the 500 different things you try to click on for licking. But like, so halfway through the game, you get a pigeon that's specifically like on the low end of pigeons and you can use it on everything. What do you mean by low what's end of pigeons? What's the low end of pigeons? So, uh, one of the characters. Pigeons? Yeah, there are three pigeons. The smart, brave, courageous pigeon, the uh, the kind of cowardly pigeon, and the dumpster uh, fire that's pigeon, fast. and then the dumpster fire. Yeah, it was like e- even the main character. Uh, one of the two main characters is like, okay, I'm not really sure if like this thing's even going to be able to fly. It's so dumb, and uh-huh. he sends it uh-huh. out uh, to bring a key 
to uh to his sister who's trapped in the house and uh it manages to heroically survive uh against all odds but then the sister takes the key and the pigeon and then just keeps the pigeon with her in her pocket for the rest of the game which is like half mm. the game and then you can turn right back around to go through the entire game that you've already been through and use the use pigeon, the on, pigeon everything on everything that you've already seen yeah and Dang. almost all the dialogue is hilarious in regards I'm to this pigeon sure. and like a handful of pogs that you get that only are useful once. And I, you know, much like actual pogs. I yes. definitely liked Homestuck for like the first two acts and then I just couldn't I yeah, just see, stopped caring. For me, this felt like the first two acts kind of like when it was more cohesive and there were only like a handful of characters and like immediate yeah. problems to deal with. Uh, I like, which is part yeah, of the reason why I liked it. That was the big it. thing, is that, like, as more characters kept getting introduced, the story got slower and slower and slower. Yeah, so I had, like, mild... I have mild concerns about it, because you do end up meeting one other character, and uh, as soon as you do, like, the dialogue jumps up a lot. But uh -huh. for the most part, it was definitely running around and, like, quote-unquote solving puzzles that really were just, like, use the obvious thing on the obvious other thing. Yeah. Uh, but I just I guess, uh, wanted I really to mention like it because it was fun. I liked Homestuck through the the felt, and then yes. I liked the trolls, and then as soon as like the alternate version of the trolls started appearing, I was like, uh, I'm out. I think you and I both <laughs> stopped at the exact same time, except for I stopped yeah, because really, he went on hiatus, and I was just like, that's eh. when the that's when the number of characters in the story literally doubled. Yeah, and it was, it was already like, a <laughs> big cast. It was already like thirty characters, and then it was like, yeah. and then here's a alternate reality oh, yeah. version of and here, every character. <laughs> there's also all of the characters that were dead. They're kind of alive in, like, Ghostland. It's like, wait. Yeah, I... That hold was up. Right when I was done. Like, yeah. the, the Wandering Nomad? Is that the one that I'm thinking of? Like, around Ghostland? Yeah, something yeah. like that. I just oh, remember yeah. there were, like, dream bubbles, and it was just like, alright, I'm checking yep. out. Uh, that was when I checked out. But the Wander interesting actually... thing for Hive Swap for me wait, was... Wait, Wander cosplayed had... as a homestick character? Is that what you're about yeah. to tell me? Yeah, Dave, within, like, the first, you know, couple of years of uh, Homestuck being a thing. So I was like, okay, I'll just be Dave, because that's an easy one. That's yeah, the easiest remember... one. Yeah, exactly, because I had blonde hair at the time. So I was just like, all right, this is easy peasy. Yeah, and he poked me in the eye with his massive, what was it, a duct tape oh, sword? Oh, I, I made the sword. Uh, oh, the, the, like the really... beatbox? No, no, the really shitty, Radio like, thing? the really, really shitty sword. It looked like demonic magic weird i don't know what was uh, it it was a joke item he got that only had negative stats oh that's all i remember <laughs> but it looks awful so i like just had the excuse to make an awful looking sword out of cardboard and duct tape <laughs> and he proceeded to poke me in the eye with yeah it. unfortunately that was the last of cosplaying for me uh because mm. what about finn i got uh, this was this was after Finn, I believe. Wasn't it? No, no. no you're right. Finn was Finn. Finn was the end. This was the beginning of the end. And also the first cosplay I ever did where uh, I got hugged by more people that weekend than I think in the last yeah. decade. <laughs> and I was not I was not okay. I'm not a very huggy dude. Um it just oh. always feels weird, especially when people have like body odor or lumps that uh. where they shouldn't probably have lumps. Wait, yeah, I think we'd heard the story before, because this is when I said during EDF that he inflicted his body upon you. Yeah, well, that yeah, was that, that was part. the that, that was, was the Finn, Finn thing. Yeah. yeah, that was Finn. That was oh. like the true end because oh, the right. guy that was, was adventure. Stank yeah, master. Right. Yep. 
The one awesome thing about wearing my early uh, suits of Samus armor was that people wouldn't approach me. They'd like ogle and like ask for my picture and stuff, but they very rarely would come forward to actually want to hug me. And if they did, it would have to be very gently because I was like, my shoulders were like twice as broad. I was like behind a helmet and everything. And it was just way too much. It's. I think people kind of of understand you don't hug the armor because that's where she gets broken. Yeah. yeah, but also, yeah, I couldn't fit through doors. I couldn't sit down. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was difficult. But it was funny because half the people were like, "Are, are you a, are you a girl?" And I'm like, "Yeah, yep. I am." And they're like, "Oh, that's cool." Samus, it's like the legends. I think one of my favorite things to <laughs> I think one of my favorite things to come out of Homestuck um, is Sweet Bro and Hella Jeff. I, I just think inc- I showed Ladybird Sweet Bro and Hello Jeff a couple, like at least once or twice, and she was just like, "Why are you showing me this? Do you remember Sweet Bro and Hello Jeff?" I tried to forget it. <laughs> do you remember? Do you remember this thing that I have on my monitor right now? Wait, what? <laughs> yes. <laughs> Who are these characters? I never oh. got. I never got into Homestuck myself, but Sweet Bro and Hello Jeff is a parody of um, bad uh, web comics made in MS Paint by like oh. little kids, like seven, eight year old kids who have no ability to make any art. Do you know what this reminds me of? Though uh, there's been these new apps that everyone uses lately, at least for Facebook or something, where there's really nicely drawn, pre-rendered characters that people can customize, and they have oh, like the hot dog, know, like the hot dog. Yeah. Uh, and you can have them do just like interact with pre-rendered objects and stuff and you can make avatars for your friends and show yeah. them interacting and people have been or using that. Or there's like control alt delete where the faces haven't changed in a decade and a half. <laughs> you, you don't know what the hot dog is here. I'm going to paste it into the podcast. It was actually really funny when we went to that one convention as Finn and Marceline because I was prepping my makeup, and all of the trolls from Homestuck were prepping their makeup, so we were all just, like, plastering ourselves in light silvery gray makeup. <laughs> Though I did contouring. That's always necessary. Hey, at least silvery gray makeup is probably pretty cheap, right? Yeah, I, I was able to find a package that was made specifically for vampire. Well, actually, yeah. I mean, Halloween and Marceline's a vampire. It just makes sense that you have... It, it's... It was on the pale side of a gray, so, so it mm-hmm. had the right tonality for what's, it. What's the story of the hot dog? The out hot of dog? sheer okay. curiosity? Uh, I don't know. I think it's one of those memes that became a meme, ironically, and then it just became a meme. Okay. Was, did someone yeah, make a hot just dog comic? All, I think that's just, just how all memes work. I know. So, so we were, because people were talking about fandoms I don't understand, I zoned out a little bit and I browsed Steam a little bit and I encountered mm-hmm. a true gem of shameless advertising. Uh-oh. Oh, there's a game called Tower of Lust, and it, it's a uh, banner image on Steam is clearly like a woman with her arms up and she has no clothes on and uh, it cuts off just before you get to the boobs and it's like suggesting that she's doing something. Then you look at the game itself and it's like. Terraria? Whoa, what? <laughs> All the Wait. screenshots of the game are just straight up like Terraria looking. It, <laughs> and no, it has nothing to image, do with the image. And that image it almost looks like she's maybe shackled to yeah, like, there's a, like some a pillar bondage, or something. Like fetish going on Something's here. going on. Are you saving someone from the tower? Or... It looks like it. 
Because if it was the Tower of Lust, maybe there's I don't some think vile saving demon is that quite, is captured. I, I think it's not so much saving as like transferal of captorship. I just wonder uh, if that banner image actually helps them get sales because like yes, normally, when, sure a game, normally when a game is being that shameless, the game actually is also like that. <laughs> like I think of all like the visual novels and the vis- the Sakura games and games that are like ironically or unironically about like women wearing like almost no clothes hitting demons or something. But like this one has like that kind of avatar that kind of avatar banner thing. Yeah, they could have and then it's they Terraria graphics. Yeah, well, they they could have knocked out the uh, the buxom chicks and actually had like a f- probably kind of passable game. Instead, it's like weird, sketchy. I don't know because uh, when you go when you go below that for the more like this section on Steam, it takes you to Dragonite, which is a thing that straight up has like a ridiculous banner image that's super sexually explicit looking, and then a full size version of that on their on their screenshot gallery that's even worse. And well, yeah. w- when you look at the actual gameplay of the woman, also just kind of dressed like that, I guess. So it's technically not lying, at least. It's just questionable that it's doing it in the first place. It's just weird to see is, this Terraria-looking thing where it's like a bait-and-switch. Is it? Are there, like, cutscenes or nope. Apparently the point of this is monsters stole your porn and you have to go back and... I was uh, you have to go and get it back. Wait, what? Yeah. yeah the game, stole- the point is to, like, go to this, like, tower where a bunch of monsters came and stole all your porn... <laughs> and then as you progress through it, a gallery unlocks and you collect like <laughs> And they get to, then, then the, they gets to show the viewers the collection, right? Yeah, yes, but it's literally like not even like pornographic. No, it's I'm literally just at, like, anime girls in bikinis. Sample. It's just it's like, like anime girls with like cat ears and bikinis. Oh wow! Like, giving, the like, thing yes, is, like, you don't even collect them like puzzle pieces. Oh, like you have to collect. Yeah. You have to get like thirty pieces of a single, not very well drawn anime girl in a bikini. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so does that mean that the the critters this is like, like tore Xbox up Live the posters games. and they're like, yeah. we're going to take all these pieces. I love this picture I of this guys, <laughs> I, warned, I warned you guys years ago that Xbox Live Indie Games dying as a market was going to make all of those things flood onto Steam through Greenlight oh, and whatnot. Oh, no. absolutely true. Oh, and, yeah. and it's it's been true. You. Yeah. It's been so true. In, fact, in many cases, literally those franchises moved to Steam, <laughs> like game for speaking, game. Speaking of Xbox, Wanda and I were talking about this recently because our Xbox One has been languishing unplayed for a while. But when are there going to be exclusives? Is there any reason to have an Xbox and a computer aside from the fact that Halo exists at this point? I have no idea. Well, the crazy thing is Halo 6 will actually be coming out on Windows 10, so it, they're, they're losing yeah. Halo. I was actually trying they're to look Halo at... losing Halo exclusives. Yeah, I, w- I was wow. actually trying to take a look at... Uh, I ha- Have you ever like looked at Xbox One exclusives 2017? Uh, it, it was um, a funny article. Just, just go do it now. Um, Hilarious. And then flip through that list and see how many of those you recognize. And how many of Xbox those look One to be exclusives uh, true exclusives? 2017. GameSpot? Any? Um, I've looked at a number of them at this point. GameSpot, uh, Trusted Reviews. We're talking about Radar. not counting PC games, that right? Yeah. That we're talking about what on the list isn't a PC game. Yeah. Yeah. Because like, that's a Cuphead issue, too. It's like Cuphead is a quote-unquote Xbox exclusive, isn't it? It's yeah, not but on it's PS4. also releasing on... Yeah, it's also releasing on PC. So, like, technically, I can kind of understand where they're coming from. 
And I think I if, like, maybe have, it wasn't. I've either never heard of these games or I've heard of them and they're also on PC. Yeah. Right. Precisely. In the entire Let's... span of me having an Xbox One, I used it to play my Rock Band library because it was all on Xbox and it was and they were making it backwards compatible. So you had to stay with the same account that you used yeah. to play Rock Band on. I played the Master Chief Collection with Andrew. And yeah, the only time I've ever popped up my Xbox for the specific purpose of like, let's play, let's do a let's play of this game and stuff like that. And I have to do it on Xbox was uh, I technically needed it to play inside earlier. Mm. Earlier, but inside but... earlier than the PC release because it came out on Xbox One first, and that's the only time in the last like three years I've touched my Xbox One for Let's Play purposes. Yeah, it's just, wasn't I'd... worth it, Keith. Was it worth it? Inside's fine. It's you made a rich game. man richer, Keith. But the did same you make game your for life the same richer? price. <laughs> Listen, yeah, I, nope. I pick. Everyone's richer and was in a very gross way after playing Inside. <laughs> fair, uh, fair point. Yeah. Yeah, so we were just flabbergasted because it's like, well, yeah, why I've, even have a I've, console if you're already distributing your games up my, on uh, Microsoft? I picked up my Xbox last OS. year for my birthday, like pretty much a year ago. I turned it on for ReCore, and I haven't turned it on since. I mean, ReCore was on other stuff, wasn't it? Uh, y- it was on the Windows Store. Oh, right. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Um... Yeah, last game I was interested in playing on Xbox One got canceled. Scalebound. Yeah. Oh, like, wait, was that exclusive happening. to it? Yeah, it was going yep. to be ex- exclusive, um, which is like, why do you cancel your only potential real exclusive that isn't just a rehash or remake or also already on PC? Something was probably going poorly with it. Oh, yeah, uh, I'm sure. People hmm. were talking. People were saying negative things about like previews and stuff like that near the end before it got canceled. So it might have been that the actual project just wasn't uh, pan, uh, panning out, but it almost from killed I, Platinum. Yeah, from what I heard, Platinum was kind of going it all in on it, but uh, Microsoft was like kind of giving them the runaround on details, and like the combat wasn't shaping up because both sides had different ideas, and it wasn't it wasn't going well. Yeah, the game getting canceled almost destroyed Platinum, and they might not be a company right now if Near hadn't done so well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was just yeah, the might say near was their story. Final Fantasy. Uh, uh, <laughs> they were near uh, bankruptcy. <laughs> 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 okay, you win. Yeah. <laughs> How many of us are planning on playing Cuphead? Uh, I'll probably play with Andrew and co-op. I don't think I'm going to play it. I we were debated I, it, but I Carl. I wasn't I debating survive. it. I was like, I will play this <laughs> if I'm ever in like physical proximity to somebody else. But if I play it with Shell, you're just going to be angry at me. <laughs> you're not going to be angry at the game. You're going to blame me for bringing you onto that experience. And I think I will <laughs> preemptively avoid that, knowing <laughs> what I know. I mean, it just reminds me of all the old cartoons that I used to watch that my grandmother had given me from New York City. Um, it reminds it was, everybody of those Max Fleischer. It was, it was that's Lulu, literally what though. that's literally the entire point of its creation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, like I don't I don't mind Cuphead. I'm like toying with the idea of playing it tonight, but it's kind of I put it in the same boat as Fury to almost some degree mm-hmm. where I'm not against playing Cuphead. But the idea of sitting through and beating the whole thing Sounds like more work than I'm going to have fun with. And so it would be a lot easier for me to just pass on it until I had somebody that I could play with that 
maybe we could reasonably beat it or at least, you know, make good content out of it. Because if I played alone... really good at I'm, bullet hell side-scrolling yeah. things. Yeah. Like, and... I was watching Cox and Crendor play it, and they would just go silent for boss fights because they couldn't even, like, commentate <laughs> They couldn't concentrate. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. And those two are pretty good at commentary at this point, uh, as, especially as a duo. And I was just like, yeah, maybe I'll do it if I, like, literally have nothing else to play, especially because it's not that expensive. Half of it would be mm-hmm. lamenting my demise. No! no. Yeah. For but me, like, it's like, I love boss fights, but I'm not crazy about Mega Man. Yeah. And that's kind of the thing they're going in with, like, the, is you it, know, jumping is around Is there even any the content right. outside of the boss fights to there speak of? There are levels, but yeah, not... But- much and not long uh, for a number yeah. of them it's like fl- uh, the levels where it seems like it matters are the kind of the auto scroller ones yeah those ones seem like they're a little bit more designed the actual platforming levels are like you rush through them and then you go fight the boss and it's like well i, I guess i don't know <sighs> i i'm really glad that it exists and that i think it'll make a lot of people happy and i hope that lots of people play it but i don't know if i really want to let's play it is really what it boils down to. Mm-hmm. It just yeah. seems like it doesn't, there's nothing grabbing it enough that to me that I feel like I'd be able to offer like a unique, anything unique yeah. about it. And then like, I don't know if I'm skilled enough to like, well, make it a cool experience outside that's of the just other, like talking about it. That's the other thing I ran into. It's like, whenever I look at a game, it's like, is it already getting coverage? Yeah. Then maybe I think I'll just give it a pass. Like not every video game. Not really, yes. like, uh, uh, what's a good example of a game that I picked up recently that wasn't, I mean, not exactly in the same vein, but Hob actually didn't get a whole lot of, like, large YouTuber support, uh, mm-hmm. so I didn't feel too guilty about playing that. What about Echo or other things? Uh, Echo. Did? Echo is a perfect example of a, of a game that almost nobody bothered to, to play except for me. Um, I think maybe, like, one or two other channels have played it at this point. Um, but it was a neat game that nobody else was even bothering with. So I was like, all right, well, this is a good opportunity for me to pick this up and play. And I won't like, I don't feel like, uh, you know, I don't feel like Hob needs me to play it. And like, technically no game needs me to play it, but it's one of those where (laughs) 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 it is one of those where it's like, it's, it's a shame to, uh, to pass on a, on a game that, uh, it is decent. In, Don't leave uh, us, Wanderbots. Like, we need you. <laughs> play us. Play us. Play that was us. how people talked to me. There was, like, I don't, it might have been, I don't remember if it was one person over and over again or different people, but people were acting like I was betraying and disservicing uh, Tides and Numerina because I wasn't playing it and that I'm oh, like, as, if, as if, like, oh. I'm screwing it up somehow. I'm like, what? I'm not their PR. <laughs> I don't work for them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now, it's just one of those that's like if I've already if there's already like a ton of other YouTubers playing a game, sometimes I'll just be like, all right, if I'm already on the wall about it, it's probably just not worth it for me. Uh, and like there are some other games that are like clearly getting overplayed that I'm still gonna overplay it anyway because like Breath of the Wild was amazing. Yeah. yeah, but like at this point, um, not exactly in the same vein, but oh, Mario been- Odyssey is coming out in a couple of weeks, and at this point, I'm not gonna touch it because one, obviously, a bunch of other people are gonna play it, but two, Just Mario, no one's ever heard of that. <laughs> you shared something in the chat about Nintar- Nintendo barring people from yeah. streaming N- it. Nintendo <laughs> has come out recently saying you cannot stream uh, Nintendo products on YouTube. That it is not covered as part of the Nintendo Creators Program. 
And so as such, uh, people are not allowed to stream Nintendo products there. Uh, they haven't figured out how to get an angle on Twitch yet, so they haven't banned it there. One step forward, but... 12 steps back. <laughs> was it really one step forward? It was like a half step. Well, they weren't banning people for covering their games anymore. I will give them for a step if I'm giving them negative <laughs> <Yeah>. 12. <laughs> All right, fine, fine, fine. I am a fair man. <laughs> but apparently they've already banned some people for that, so that's a... Uh... Wait, concerning. banned yeah. as in from YouTube? Did they get, for, kicked off of YouTube, or they kicked off the creator program? Supposedly, uh, or kicked off of streaming. I'm not entirely yeah. sure. The problem is, all the reports are kind of hearsay. It's like my friend got banned, so I'm like, "Yep, the uh, Persona, yeah. the Persona yeah. Five problem of like, I'm not touching." Yeah, that's <laughs> fine. Yeah, well, well, I was, <laughs> I was actually trying to do some research for that because you know I'm still playing oh, that it got game. Really bright in my room all of a sudden. Sorry, <laughs> sunset starting. Uh, apparently the sun just broke through the clouds, and then I looked over at my stream, and I saw that I had become... Oh, yeah, that, that never happens It's getting dark around here. ...white. <laughs> I mean, you there sure that's not just the, you? The whitest in all the land. Sure it's not the end of the world? Bird catcher. He catches birds by blinding them with his white. <laughs> right, uh, so when, when are the uh, seven dwarfettes showing up? <laughs> <laughs> the seven clever boys. Yeah, stay away, stay away <laughs> from those apples, seven bird. seven clever boys. You've seen that, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. I've been not. binging JonTron lately. I don't know why. I just started watching a lot of old JonTron stuff, and then, like, literally today, he released a new video. I I could not tell if he was, like, kind of trying to sponsor that footage. The flex ironic. Tape. Yeah. Oh, my God. It just felt weirdly forced, but I don't he know. Did have to, I just well, stay he, away from he, it now. He outright says he's not sponsored, like, one minute into the video. Mm -hmm. That's probably for the best. I know I've, I've never watched Jontron for anything other than game stuff because his movie his movie content just feels weird. Movie content? Yeah, he, I like, he will. I like his videos movies. on the bootleg stuff in particular. Like yeah, bootleg uh, boot like Pokemon shit. and the bootleg Disney videos are really. Uh, funny. I liked the. Uh, I really liked the bootleg. Um, it wasn't Disney. Bootleg is it was Dis the bootleg Disney's the last video game video he made like two years ago. Is it really? It's the last one that's not like a. A sponsored video, which is uh -huh. all of his videos now. Now those are the those are the three D films that come out usually yes. a couple months, like or two, like a little bit before the actual release. So and some then... of them are bootleg Disney video games, but he did oh. do specifically about a um, God, what was it? Like there was this one um that was like. It was it was um a ripoff of like the five old movies, like about like these Italian mice going on a boat and coming to An America Italian or whatever. Mime? Okay. It's so funny. And like <laughs> the dialogue is all in this broken, half translated English. Like there's one scene of it where um there's this dog that's or this there's this cat that's gonna try and eat one of the characters because cats mm -hmm. eat mice, and then it like a dog comes running out to save the mouse character. And then the mouse character says, like, if it hadn't been for you, I would be somebody else's digestion. Uh. And then the dog bursts out into, like, a two-minute rap song uh, where he just uh. goes, like, it's party time. It's party time. No, don't do, like, don't do this to me. Don't do this to me. Don't take me back. Yeah, man. Don't take me back. <laughs> And he's wearing like a um, like basketball jersey and shorts, if I remember. And 
then the movie continues and like oh god it's so nuts so like the two adult dogs from like 101 dalmatians are characters in that one and then like it's also about like titanic that's right that's what it was called what titanic is called titanic the legend continues i believe yeah which by the way uh, by title mice, alone, that makes no sense. So yep. the mouse family hitched a ride on the Titanic? Yes, to get they did. To... They hitched a ride on oh. the Titanic. <laughs> this was magically bad. America. <laughs> oh, God, I forgot. Uh, I love Bible that one. goes almost west and then to the Marianas Trench. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic, the legend goes on. Yeah, you're right. The legend goes on is what it's called. Right, because so what oh, happens in the end? Do like they weird, freeze kind of to death in the English. water? Do they get on a tiny No, they all live, of... if I remember. Yeah, um, it like they'd be able to find flotation easily. It no, they all have... they all go on the lifeboats. Like they they yeah. apparently have enough life lifeboats this time around, and everyone's fine. But they're mice, so aren't they like hidden amongst well, the humans? But, or is yeah, anthropomorphized? It's kind of one. Of, it's kind of one of those where like the mice are kind of clearly not supposed to be there but people also like um, so is it like the rescuers then where they have their own society they just put on yeah, sort kind of, of disguises kind of sort yeah. of yes and sort of also very much no let's let's you, not get too deep into the lore <laughs> and plot of or let's uh, go wait goes on we can talk about all the video games featuring mice that are, are coming we, and have come out what? We can talk topic? about all the mice video games. Is that an existing topic? Do you have a mice video game you'd like to bring up? Well, there, well there's, there's moss. There's moss. There's tunic. <laughs> there's actually a bunch of like weird mouse ones. Oh, shit. Is Did anything, we talk about the red wall game? The red wall. There's a red oh, wall game? Oh, yeah. Right. Look up the red wall. Look up the, the red wall <sighs> oh, uh, game on Steam. Just search red wall. There's only one. Oh, my God. That's yeah. a badger. That badger looks scary. Oh. Yeah. Oh, is that a... Is that the Unity debug settings? Yeah. So oh. um, so for people that don't know, for some bizarre reason, there is a um, there is a uh, a Redwall game coming out. Uh, it clearly licensed to some studio that has Allegedly. no business. Yeah. We'll has see no if it business. actually comes out. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good point. It was supposed to come out, and then... Um, it was supposed to come out like this past week, and they've. Uh, I well, love they Redwall. I think I've read not made it, of the but books. it clearly didn't come out on time. He's read more, so we'll see. Yeah, I, I've read most of the Redwall books, but um, and you have a signed copy. From but Brian Jock, it they had like a Kickstarter for it, but I don't think it succeeded. And then like all of the uh, the Steam store page is just nothing but uh, like weird kind of unity asset uh pictures and like just very clearly not ready for production and also isn't it going to be another sneaking game like yeah. avoiding enemies and yeah I, I couldn't really tell what the proper gameplay was but uh so the kickstarter just... succeeded but they got seventeen thousand of their eleven thousand goal and for a video game i'm like what is that money even paying for that's yeah. that's a faux budget move. That's not <laughs> video that's game. Like they, that, that seems less like a Kickstarter for a project and more like, hey, we can get some money out of people, right? And just going for that much. Because like that is not a video game budget. That's not even enough money. Vaguely. 
And they had weird Kickstarter bonuses too, where if you the Kickstarter stretch goals, if they got more and more money up to like a hundred thousand stuff like that, were like, we'll make this map in Minecraft. Because they have an ongoing thing called Abbeycraft that's like a Minecraft thing based on Redwall. But it's oh. like those are those are custom Minecraft maps. That's not game de- development. How is that a how is that a Kickstarter stretch goal? This sounds like it's a bunch of fans that just wanted to make something and yeah. It sounds like what, what it else might is be the studio made? I've never heard of this it one. It might be a Minecraft fan community that was making Minecraft maps of, of Redwall, then somehow managed to get the actual property for no, it. No, this was, is <laughs> the apparently the third game they've made. They've been a studio since 2008, and they've made G-Prime, uh, Wind Up Robots, G-Prime, and a game that Redwall. came out over a year ago and still has zero reviews on Steam. Yeah. That's amazing since, and imp- impossible. Since 2008, Soma Games has been showing the world something different. We started <laughs> showing what hope and beauty could look like in a video game. Did they say that somewhere? This is on the bottom of their website. Hold on. Oh my god. Don't make me laugh. I'm going to try and get through Don't this. Don't make me laugh. Okay. Okay, let, <laughs> we, let's hear the spiel. We started telling the, quote, right kinds of stories, not by wagging our fingers and preaching what games ought to be, parentheses, Isn't that or what they ought just said? not to be. But by demonstrating what they could be, we presume intelligence, we reward adventure, our motto is from the Psalms, fearfully and wonderfully made. We're not making time wasters, we're making art. We're not killing brain sh- cells, we're shaping minds. Wow. And then underneath their logo, okay, holy crap, this is, their, everything about their site is amazing. So it's Soma they, Games. They and the shamelessly o- use Da Vinci's, like, whatever his o man. Oh, the Vitruvian his, man. Yeah, he's the Vitruvian. Yeah. They, they use the, the Da Vinci man as their logo. Isn't the Vitruvian man, like, also, like, a copyrighted thing? I don't I, know. I it's probably, like, some off-brand I, version of it, because nobody notices well, I think that this, Soma Games exists. It's so ancient, so I don't know. You can't copy the uh, the piece itself, but at this point, uh, the Vitruvian man is uh, too iconic to be copyrighted as, right. like, a thematic element. Because didn't they use sense. that for, like, the alien campaigns in the past and other things where you had... Or the Terminator? Well, it's also old enough that, like, any kind it of implied copyright before. is dead. Yeah. 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 But, I mean, it's not copyrighted by Da Vinci, obviously. But, I mean, like, I thought that, like, the image itself was, like, something that the curators that own it, like, are very, yeah. very anal about. And, like, the government of Italy you doesn't let to, it, like, go I out believe, and stuff. I believe with stuff like the Vitruvian Man, generally you have to actually license the um, the image from the art, like, the holder of the uh, the exact piece. Which oftentimes is like that. museums and whatever. I don't yeah. know how... This one specifically works. But yeah, underneath the Soma Games logo, it's uh, apparently this is their motto. Terribilite tes magnificasti me miriabilia? Which I guess is Latin? Yeah, yeah. Google that shit. It's like... Okay. Oh my god. Memorabilia, so the Terra... If you Make look at their video games, game, profit from it. Have you ever questioned it? Good if you luck. look at the gaming footage that they have on their cha- on their Steam page, like it's just like they have one that's a that's a ninety second trailer uh, where the entire trailer is them slowly panning around a mostly empty gargantuan room where there's one rabbit and one badger standing in front of a fire and the badger <laughs> keeps warming his hands and there's no Can decoration like. 
There's like it's nothing a, it's here. It's that psalm quotation. It's fearfully and wonderfully made. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Because I know that the Terrablier would be fearful and then yeah. made. Okay. Like one of their gameplay, tra- one of their trailers to instill f- confidence in this product is literally just two character models standing in a room for 90 seconds. Mm-hmm. And what confuses me the most is like, obviously that badge looks terrible. And like some of their later stuff, like the quarter two twenty seventeen pictures, look a little better. The ones that have like the mice in a field somewhere, and they're all labeled with when they're from for some reason. I'm just wondering, like, why do you even show a quarter two twenty fifteen terrible nightmare badger on this page? Why are they not curating? <laughs> why are they not? Are... Cu- why are they not curating the pictures on this page to get rid of the shitty ones when they make better ones? Those are usually actually what you send to um like shareholders and stuff uh, to show your progress. We had to do those for Nintendo. Yeah. This should not be on Steam. Uh, Nickelodeon. Yeah. No, the this is very clearly a game by, made by people that like don't know how to sell a game, probably. Yeah. Like I nothing am... on their page. All these pictures are all nightmare garbage, like in-house, like stuff you would send to other people via email within your studio to update on how projects working. And like only the very last pictures, which are both two pictures of basically the same thing, look like something you'd even start to show to audiences. And even that is, like, not promising. I don't know if there's a single piece of footage or audio or anything or anything anywhere on any of their pages that even resembles gameplay to show you nope. that the game no. works. It's just a series. Like, no, all the no. videos are camera panning around a room. And all the screenshots are, like, random figures. It's just a random figure standing somewhere. Or usually, shamefully, just a 3D model in a 3D model viewer in the thing that it's made in. And they took a screenshot of the software itself. It'd be like as if it's, Shell oh, submitted oh, no. art for a commission and it was literally a picked screenshot of Photoshop being open. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, oh no. I found well, the official the, website for the game. Well, so the interesting thing I'm thinking, maybe they're just doing the art as, uh, art assets first without doing any of the actual game itself. Oh yeah, plenty of people do that and then they forget then that's that how you they can make it. a video game without art, but you can't make a video game without programming. Yeah. <laughs> yeah... Boy, this oh boy. website is whoa, boy, oh boy! Brought to you by Squarespace. <laughs> it's it's broken. I mean, it's, just scroll, just scroll around, and just watch as like none of the elements are. Oh like, yeah, no, I put the link in. Uh, I went to the bottom oh, of the concept art. Speak. Sorry, there's, there's a bunch of concept the, art at the bottom, and if podcast. you click on one of them, it just takes you back to the top of the page without loading the concept art. <laughs> Yeah, none of the concept art loads. If you scroll around, the uh, like the the art doesn't Oof. actually work correctly. Mm. Wait, there's a better <laughs> it, badger in the concept art area than there is in the actual game. He's T posed, <laughs> and there's a spear floating in front of him, but he looks way better than the one that they show uh, to advertise the game on Steam, at least. Yeah, whoever they did to uh, got to do some of the concept art actually isn't half bad. Well, there's yeah, a huge yeah. red wall art community. Stuff. Unfortunately, there's yeah. a gap between what it takes to paint and what it takes to make an entire video game. <laughs> They would have been much better off uh, just getting like a, a team together to make like just a point and click adventure game, like yeah. straight up. That probably would have actually uh, a two D game probably could have done been... it. Yeah, graphic novel. Uh, hell, a dating sim. Fuck it. Let's, let's just go straight up there. <laughs> oh my god, Redwall okay, dating then. sim would probably turn. turn out better. But practically everyone in Redwall that ever it, had a love interest look, had them die. I, I'm just saying this right now. That's the question. It would the still ending, be better. 
It would still, yeah, no, it would, it would follow that general. No, it die. was never the main protagonist that died. It was always the love interest. Yeah, the that love died. interest or like someone that might have potentially been one that, but like, like poor Triss and Shog and Rose and Martin and, uh. yeah, uh, but like, going to be honest, <laughs> that horror would probably be Sorry. better than the uh, the horror that this game will never be because it probably is never going to get finished. It's one dude. Uh, it looks like the studio is literally just one guy. Oh. As far as I can tell. I think it's more than that, because, like, I've seen their posts in the past, and it sounded like they were going to do multiple. Like, one of their Kickstarter stretch goals was remaking the Redwall Abbey in Minecraft, which looks like they did anyway, like, beforehand, so I was confused by that. There's probably still a big Redwall community that sort of. pushes in for things. I mean, it's kind of hard to have a, a long-lasting community when the source material is literally dead, so. Aww. But every, yeah. everyone has their fan characters. It's almost as... <laughs> it's om- I wouldn't the, say it's That's not what you want to build a community no, on. No, no, no. I'm going to build the Sada community on OC. Oh, shit. Oh, oh no, that's God. the thing, though. They, if you ever look up Redwall and DeviantArt, it's everyone has their own sort of fur Redwall Sona. We need to escape this endless <laughs> loop we, of, of freaking fandoms we're talking about today. <laughs> Can we do yeah. like, the uh, thing that we were doing earlier with like Blank the Hedgehog? With Redwall? Yeah. What would we even look up? Like, oh, God. Keith the Mouse. Keith the Mouse? Keith, Keith, the, mouse? <laughs> Keith the Badger? I mean, with the commonness of my name and the existence of the furry community, I don't know if you're really going to have any real yeah. guess at it being actually Redwall when you get there. Probably Keith not. the Redwall I'm, Mouse. I'm, I'm, <laughs> <laughs> you can't just put Redwall in it and hope for it the put, best. It could work. I'm looking up Keith Redwall character, and <laughs> I... Unfortunately, can't find anybody. Oh, what even is Redwall anyway? Like, You've never read what Redwall? Oh. It was no, like I've never read Redwall. So it was a uh, young adult yeah, slash like kids. Yeah, it was like middle schoolers. The books were definitely like more kids oriented. There were some mature themes, but for the most part, it was fairly kid friendly. It was. It usually took place at Redwall Abbey. And it was like low fantasy. There was kind of was magic, but for the most part, it was. They're usually roving bands of oh rats and ferrets and stoats. Yeah, they're always evil. Yeah, shrews and moles it, and it kind of did the Lord of the Rings thing where you had like and... the evil races and the good races oh. and the good races lived in but like the small Badger Lords were awesome. Yeah, and and they... there was always some kind of conflict or whatever all over the place. This and fan usually. art, the artist really, really should have rethought their uh, silhouette while making this piece. Because <laughs> at there were two zooms, animated television like, series, or oh, three. No, yeah, I think they there were, were three they animated were okay. television series. But uh, so Ned Wahlberg read Redwall by the Redwall. <laughs> yeah, it was it was just fantasy books meant for. Okay. Uh, it was just Full fantasy kids. books meant for you know kids. There's like, like 400 animals pages with long, shields, which is insane. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I had friends that did read them. Anthropomorphized but, yeah. animals. I liked him a lot. I met the author. He was great. He made fun of me. Why? Uh, <laughs> Why? So, my middle, not my middle school, my elementary school had us uh, look for vocabulary words in our books. Uh, and we had to mark them with post it notes. And what did Brian. You pick? Jocks, I it was. I don't even remember. Or did you just the... bring your book in and it had post notes everywhere? Yeah. Uh, so okay. effectively, I brought in the book and it was just chock full of them because he he uses a lot of like kind of not smaller words, but you know, definitely an easier vocabulary for kids. 
uh, since they were his target audience. And so... There's still uh, some eloquent language in there. Yeah, if anything, I, I think mean, it, it was it archaic. Got, it got flowery, but it definitely, like, if you were searching for, like, basic fourth grader vocabulary, you were going to find it in his books. And so what mm-hmm. ended up happening was I had, like, hundreds of these little post-it notes in there being like, this is this word, and so on and so forth. So my entire book was, like, twice as wide because of it, and, like, uh, <laughs> just covered in colorful little, little like, tabs. And he was like... So what's all this then? Because he was, he was English. He was, I think he's Welsh. Uh, uh, I could be wrong. I think he was but, born. I think he's Liverpoolian. Liverpool. Okay, there we go. Yeah. So he was. He, he was from there. And so very well in his it was, books. It was the first time I got made fun of by a British person. It was really weird because it was also <laughs> one of the first times I'd like ever encountered somebody in person with that accent, and it felt. <laughs> It'd be it like feel, getting insulted by John Lennon. You'd just yeah. be like, what? <laughs> yeah, I was very confused. And, uh, is it because it sounds polite when it people. could not be? Or it is polite, yep. but it sounds sterner than it should be? I don't know. It was just a accent? weird feeling. And then I went, went and bought like the books that I was missing because they had all of them there. Unlike the regular book uh, bookstores. Then he died a few years later and I was like, huh, that's that was weird. Aww. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Anyway, Are they any novels? other wait, what? Are they Christian novels? No, no, not really. Okay, he, not he did like have a couple a... of like he did have a couple of like religious religious ish books, but mm-hmm. not not the Redwall ones specifically. Okay, yeah, the Redwall the only, ones they were self contained. The only mm-hmm. people I know who read uh, Redwall were like really like hardcore. I Christians I think it too. was I think it would easily fall within the the vein of stuff that like people could look at and be like. Yeah, that's probably like kosher for uh for our like limited reading set. Like yeah, you could look the, at it and it be like this the is your test. Yeah, exactly. I think it was just test. sort of like the traditional knights versus bandits kind of moral yeah. For when your kids grow out of Winnie the Pooh and need a little bit more <laughs> killing in their in their literature. Ah. <laughs> uh, huh. But they they dealt with interesting issues like there was that otter that had been raised by ferrets right yeah it was kind of like nature versus nurture and then, like oh, morality of murder and one of the you know, some stuff one it, of the it most didn't depressing pull the ones punches was <laughs> uh, a mouse at the abbey had raised a ferret and he never felt like he fit in and then he got back with his own people outside the walls and ended up betraying everyone and yeah, murdered somebody and yeah they more or less just abandoned him to his fate it was Pretty heavy stuff for uh, kids-ish books. I was actually surprised that she had to let him die, or he sacrificed himself at the end, didn't he? He sacrificed himself, so there was kind of the redemption, but it was just like, it was still, he was a jerk. Yeah, for a while, though, a lot of people were like, why are you even wasting your time? He's he's one of them. We could go on about it for a while, but like I said, source material is literally dead, so I just wanted to make fun of the video game for, why why did you (laughs) hire these people to make the game? A train wreck. (laughs) But... Yeah. Why, why are mice so identifiable to people? People always I mean, know the mouse I don't think the they hero. Were hired. I, I think we're just in a fluke. I don't identify with mice. I see mice and I'm like, you're not a person. And then I walk away. <laughs> you just see your buddy, your bunnies every day as you walk by you the cage feeding them. It's like, haha, if you saw you're not real people. The bunny characters were <laughs> always what? hilarious in Redwall, though. Though, wouldn't they correct you and say that they're a rabbit? I'm hairs. not. Hairs. Hair. They're hairs. <laughs> yes. Yeah. 
I never really so, realized how much rabbits look like rodents until I owned two of them. And now <laughs> whenever I look at them, I'm like, you kind of look like a mixture. Like you don't look like a mammal, but you don't look like a rodent. You just kind of look like you're halfway in the middle. Cause they got yeah. like the two, like, Make you got up the, your the, mind. The, they got like the teeth thing going on where they got like, just like the two, it feels like. Yeah. But they're also mammals. Their they entire got... genetic code is a game of cat and mouse. But rodents yeah. are mammals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> this is the joke. Anyway. This has been a very long-running joke. <laughs> I've been so, insisting uh, for a very long time that rodents aren't mammals just to yeah. troll people. Just because okay. it, it, he people, gets them every time. Every time it works. It is invariably. The first time I think Bird really pissed me off with like this was him <laughs> insisting bats weren't mammals or some shit like that. I kept saying that bats were bugs. <laughs> yeah, and during what? This, I just oh, could God. not like process the fact that he was fucking with me. <laughs> So, no, can we, uh, I'm going to forcibly change the topic. Uh, Keith, you want to talk about Vaporum at all, or no, not really? Um, there's not a ton to talk about with Vaporum. It's basically somebody else made a game that, t- that scratches the same itch that Grimrock does, and it's been, like, four years, I think, now since yeah. Grimrock 2, so it's nice yeah, to Yeah, there are not a whole like lot that in that genre. Out. And what's the genre? It's, like... First person dungeon crawler. First specifically western crawler. style though, which is like yeah. such a different thing because uh it used to be a thing in like the 90s and stuff to have a bunch of games like I had the beholder and stuff like that on PC, but then no one made them ever again because they weren't really profitable or something, I don't know. Uh Isn't interest Rock must have coming well, they're, out they're in, awkward. interest it's, must it's have not a, waned. Yeah, it's not a type of gameplay that I I would say stuff like Skyrim and and whatever kind of killed it because but, um, but on the other side, more like, engaging. Japan took it and ran with it. Because, like, yeah. Japan has made, like... I want to say they've made, like, three games or so in the genre, like, every year. But yeah, Nipponichi so... Software publishes them all, and it's really weird, because they still get the emails from that. They don't send me their good games, they just send me their dungeon crawlers. And, and their, like, games, no. their games are a trap. Because <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you want that kind of, like, the Eye of the Beholder-looking game, like, you get into those games, you're like, it looks just like those things when it's, like, screenshots. Then you start playing, you're like, oh... You trapped me. Mm. It looks like a dungeon crawler, but really it's mostly like you walk around a little bit and then you get into an, a fight. And then that fight is basically yeah. the core game. And they're usually games that are mostly about grinding. Uh, and of what from what I've played so far, because like I, I went to a kick for a little bit where I was like Grimrock 2 did well on my channel. And also I had a great time doing the series. So I, whenever a, a grid based first person dungeon crawler would show up, I'd, I'd take a look at it. And between like Stranger of Sword City and the Fall of the Dungeon Guardians and a few other things I looked at like... They never were what I wanted again, because the whole thing I liked about Grimrock was that it had a huge focus on level design. You're you're supposed to look yeah. at the level, fully explore every little nook and cranny while looking for secrets and maybe solving riddles and puzzles along yeah, the way. There were secrets inside secrets. It was like the uh, the Great Hollow in Dark Souls One. Oh yeah, everywhere, which there's, was nuts. There's so much stuff to go through in that game, and it was a, like Grimrock Two and and One were both joys to play. I, I beat Grimrock One in one weekend back before I was doing Let's Plays and. Like, I loved it. Uh, and so far, Vaporium, se- Vaporium seems relatively faithful to that idea. Whereas, like, these, the, the, uh, the Japanese take on this approach. The trap is that the dungeon doesn't matter. It's mostly a series of hallways that lead to a boss. And at most, there's, like, a few keys along the way you need to proceed. But mostly, the, pr- the, gate, the gate you have isn't about, like, exploring or 
uh, solving things or anything like that. It's just about grinding until you're powerful enough to actually be able to beat the dungeon. And it's like not yep. not anywhere near what I was hoping for. So far, Vaporum seems true to what I wanted. And uh, the main difference it has between itself and Grimrock is that the, uh, Grimrock was uh, almost pa- uh, almost true to a fault to Eye of the Beholder and stuff, to having like a four-person party and individually managing them by clicking on their portraits and stuff like that and clicking on them to attack and things like that. Uh, in Vaporum, uh, you play as one character that's in like a steampunk suit. And so you yep. can swap out a left-handed weapon, a right-handed weapon, and two to four gadgets, which are basically spells, uh, but steampunk spells. So it's like flamethrowers and acid throwers and stuff like that. And the they made the combat a bit more snappy by making it so that you're WASDing and stuff to move around, and then you left-click, right-click to do left-hand and right-hand weapons. Uh, and so it's, it's a bit more focused in that way. Uh, I've only three floors in, but generally I'm happy with it. It's what I was hoping it would be. So, I, have you made it to the library or not? Three floors in. I don't... Uh, the library is kind of distinct. The third floor like, is haunted. Uh, that might be it? I don't know. It's, I, I it's actually brick, rage quit it. I, uh, then you're, you're one floor behind where I stopped. Uh, I got... So, did you go melee or did you go magic? I went with the uh, tech suit. Okay, so I went with that too. I I just could not handle how the game handled its combat. It got really annoying for me. Because um, the game has the tech, which is cool. But uh, the elemental effects, you always have an enemy that's resistant to it. So you pretty much, uh, if you have the wrong tech equipped, you have to like more or less reload and be like, okay, I guess I got to take the acid off because one of my two spells is totally meaningless for this fight. Uh, well, I don't reload, I but I actually, things. like, I open my inventory while I'm running around to swap out items, like, as if you were changing your weapon in Dark Souls in a boss uh, fight. <laughs> like, I do that. <laughs> but, like, uh, I ran into a couple of fights where it's like, here's a flame guy, and here's a acid guy in the same fight, and I'm just like, this, come on. So, like, I actually put it down to minimum difficulty, and I was still getting, like, trapped and murked by things. I'm sure it's probably because I'm, like, not the greatest, greatest at uh, this sort of game either, but it just got so, like, onerous- because hmm. I liked Grimrock for, like, exploring around and looking at stuff and, like, finding secrets. And uh, I, for Vaporum, it always felt like, oh, you found an audio log. By the way, there's enemies behind you now. And I'm like, I'm listening to the audio log. I want to, like, I don't want to, <laughs> I don't want to be, like, surprised by every chest I open up is when the enemies show up. Because it starts huh. to become tiring. That's never happened yet for me. Like, a single you time. Might have, you might have uh, gotten lucky or missed it or something. Because, like... I had it happen several times, and I was just like, I'm just tired of this, because I don't, like, I'm I down with just combat, I'm always, but... I think it's because I'm always listening, and, like, you can hear any, you can hear any enemy moving when they're around, so, like, I know whether I, or not enemies are still in the environment. For they me, don't, They don't I, generally ambush you. I, well, so what happened in this case was I opened up the chest to get the audio log, and I immediately just clicked on it, and I had the audio way up, because, uh... Generally, I, like, pre-balance everything, so if there's voice acting, it's, like, really loud in comparison to game sounds, because I don't want to hear, like, a person talking and also hear, like, gunfire over it, because that's really oh, annoying. Oh, so did you, turn the, did you turn the game audio way down or something? Fairly down, yeah. So the the person talking just wildly, like, drowned it out. And so I, like, turn around, and I've got three things behind me, because I was, I was instantly in an acid pit with a thing shooting at me, and I was just like, what? No. And it was just, like, the most... <laughs> obnoxious thing ever because 
uh, for me, there was like no fanfare and it was just like, I, I don't mind the game, but it feels like there's too much of a focus on combat for how few enemies there are and how limited the mechanics and supplies there are. Cause like, I don't like the resistance thing that much. And, uh, and like, I don't, I want to, I don't want to hot swap them. And then like half the time I go into a fight, it's just like, here's a room that is six tiles, uh, total with like one extra tile that you, you don't want to step on cause you're going to get uh hit or you're going to get trapped in there and die. And then the enemy you're fighting lays down acid fields that cover all six tiles. So good luck. And the doors are locked and you have to deal with it. I'm just like, so I guess I'll just sit here and wail on the thing because trying to dodge it just seems counterproductive. Um, and maybe I've just like got the wrong gear at the wrong time. But every time that happens, I just like, by the time I hit level four, I had no healing items left and I, I was being fairly stingy with them. And I was just like, this is, this has become stupid for me and I didn't like it anymore. Yeah, I'm looking. I guess you're having an easier time of it. I don't let know. Let me check. Yeah, because in my last recording, I'm about to hit level. Uh, I think I'm about to hit level four because I just finished the third floor, and yeah, I have, I'm currently have three healing items left, and I'm. I think I'm doing fine generally. Yeah, I haven't really had any frustration moments yet, but I haven't experienced the exact floor you're talking about. It uh, it just was kind of fight after fight after fight with minimal like loot, and I was just like, this is. Not what I'm interested in. Because I'm down with fight after fight after fight if I have some way of, like, getting my HP back. Are you square but, dancing? Yeah, oh yeah, I'm square dancing. Well, I so I also went tech, so my, my entire strategy is to leave a damage field and then run away. Yeah. Uh, no, and I've, just, I've seen less... people be, like, literally not understand that. No. I, and then they go in how... and they're like, I don't... This game's impossible. Because, <laughs> like, if I, you just stand how... there and fight a dude, like in the Japanese ones, you literally can't play the game. Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I know how how Grimrock combat's supposed to work. I don't like it. I actually really wish there was an option that just that just locked it down and and rebalanced it for that. Just because I don't like square dancing, I find it extremely jarring. Uh, mm -hmm. with the like having to do WASD to move to square dance around, but you also have to do the rotation. It's like just let me do like first person combat, like Skyrim style or something. Because yeah. it just... I, I find the maneuver I, maneuvering around to dodge attacks more engaging than turn-based combat, which usually is this, almost immediately turns percentage. into the same thing over and over again. Yeah. Like, oh, it's I, this I enemy. Actually... I fought him before this way, so I'll fight the next yeah, 20 him, this way. They weren't way. discussing literal square dancing. No. Yeah, because I was like, what? So for no. those that don't know... For those that I don't think know, longer in... square dancing would be great. <laughs> I actually it. convinced him to take country line dancing with me back Didn't in college. Take that much convincing. Like I've done square dancing before in elementary school and stuff, and I enjoyed it. It was mostly line oh. dancing, like electric yeah. slide and other things. Some That's really the thing. Complicated stuff. But then the only things that we were partnered for, I partnered up. Yeah, with the him. country we just started dating, and it's like okay. The country line dancing class itself is just like. How do you feel about like turbo jigs? Gotcha. <laughs> hey, it goes to sweat more jig? than anything else. That's I've ever what had. it was. It was awful. It was probably the most exercise. Turbo jig. You had to like do <laughs> so much. And it was <laughs> an involved Benny process. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> the first thing I thought of that could do fast, that'd still be recognizable. You try taking any familiar song, you know, you can't just speed up a like Cotton Eye Joe really fast. People aren't going to recognize isn't it. Isn't it already fast? People might recognize it. Yeah, to be totally honest, though, you didn't speed up Benny Hill. It's already that speed. 
Oh, true. <laughs> you did a normal speed. Shut the hell yeah, up. Your point doesn't make sense. Imagine, well. imagine Cotton Eye Joe at high speeds. Like that is. <laughs> That is what it was. Show. It was nonsense. There were so so every time they say Cotton Eye Joe, it gets twice as fast. <laughs> yeah. Good no, there were, Cotton there were Joe, dances like that, actually. Where'd you, where'd, you go? where'd you go? Where'd you come from? Cotton Eye Joe. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, that's kind of bird. what it was, though. Because uh, there were some songs where it's like, okay, here's the dance. And mi- at the midway point, you're going to have to do it twice as fast. And it's like, what? No. I'm already having enough trouble uh, getting this done as it is. Now throw your dance partner. Yes. Don't worry, this no. high school has liability insurance. We never had to worry about that. This was college. This is college. But, <laughs> college. but the, t- uh, the worst part for me was immediately after this class, I then had like six more hours of class. So I was like stumbling into class afterwards, <laughs> like tired and sweaty <laughs> and really hungry and just no, no break time. So just to explain to people that have no idea what we're talking about, when, when we talk about uh, square dancing in these games, all the way back since uh, Eye of the Beholder, when an enemy attacks you in those games and swings at you, uh, there's a specific timing to them attacking. There's a timing to people moving from square to square on the grid. So you can physically just change your location by moving in the level to evade enemy attacks while they're char- while, while they're priming at you. And you essentially can continually bait people into attacking and dodging them over and over again while you wait for like various cooldowns to be ready and essentially like manage your cooldowns and your attacks versus theirs. Oh. And try to you try to hit them while they're busy doing some other action so that you can then dodge away during their attacks and then punish them when your attacks are ready. And, you know, it's it's about dealing damage without taking damage, essentially. It's essentially a grid-based dungeon crawler implementation of how you do your average Dark Souls fight, essentially. If you're not, assuming yeah. you're not just ta- no, face-tanking enemies really, in Dark Souls. This is a really old-school style of video games. Yeah. I'm talking, like, this style of gameplay predates the internet. This in is fact, the, a very old way of designing the, video games. The weirdest thing about uh, Eye of the Beholder, which I only recently actually looked up, was that uh, it was weird realizing how, like, at at times, Legend of Gurmok is like a pixel perfect recreation of that game. Because, <laughs> like, all the way down to like enemies will drop daggers that fl- plop down on the ground, uh, like perpendicular to the direction you're looking in, and they'll be laying there on the floor, and you physically like click them and drag them to your inventory on the side of the screen, and like all those kinds of weird details. Like the, it's actually weird how accurate Grimrock is to the roots of the franchise, and in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, Vaporum is not only true to that, but also like, oh, at times there's a part, there's parts of its presentation that are also almost slavishly true to Grimrock specifically. But yeah, it's very much like those people who specifically are fans of this exact thing and are trying to keep it alive. And Vaporum's the latest mm-hmm. one, which is good because the Grimrock people aren't making a Grimrock three. Yeah, they're uh, making a tactical RPG. They're making a game that looks really questionable. <laughs> yeah, I look at that stuff and I'm like, this looks like not even the same studio. I'm like, I don't know. Like maybe it'll turn out to be great when it comes out, but like I don't even like. So far, I don't even really like looking at it. Like it visibly it looks looked rough. Odd. Yeah, it's I don't Let know. Let me just look at what happened to Legend of Grimrock in the <laughs> new video games. So I can't somebody find who was what's the who, title of this game? That's you're uh, talking about. Uh, Legend of Grimrock. No, the new one. Vaporum. Or you mean the or new are you game? Talking that, about are you the, the, the tactical game? Yeah, it's, the it's Druid Stone. You're looking for Druid Stone. No. What a name to call it. Anything that has the word druid in it at this point should probably have 
avoided using that because <laughs> of that stupid, so, stupid Curse of the Druids or Mystery like, of the Druids, whatever the hell that game was. For me, as it, somebody who has so far played two first-person dungeon crawlers that they didn't like just because they're trying to recapture liking Grimrock 2 so much, it's nice to find Vaporum. <laughs> Oh, speaking of druids, uh, you were starting a campaign with your housemates, Keith? Yeah. Okay, what character are you playing in that? I don't know. <laughs> also oh. Drez. I was invited <laughs> to a character-making session on Thursday. So uh, there's literally nothing to, it to discuss. On Thursday, or the session itself will be on Thursday? The session's on Thursday. Thursday, we're going to make characters together, I guess. Which I've never done wow. before. Sort of, so like, stone like, looks really dodgy, stuff. by the way. Yeah. Yeah. Well, so I am gonna look at it. It looks like Druid Stone has only been in development for like maybe half a year ish. Uh maybe a little bit mm. more. I mean that troll actually looks really good or whatever that the yeah. Player that, characters are the ones that Yeah, the iffy. player characters look awful, but that troll looks decent. The environment and the and the enemy look even though oh, yeah. weird, there's something looks off-putting too about their their weird like square grid system that they show. No, it looks atrocious. Yeah, like, I'm hoping that that uh... gets fixed along the way because the UI is is garbage. Yeah, I don't know. The game just immediately looks like it's. I don't know. Maybe it's a little early to show. Hmm. Yeah, Keith, whatever it character you do end up playing as, you should probably try to avoid playing as a like a weird combination. Like, you know, like a paladin cross of the bugbear or something. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think, so you, I, that I think you should be Lord Genericus, uh, the fighter. <laughs> Lordo Genericus. Yep. Long sword, metal shield, uh, plate armor. Um, my my name is Alfred Hero Man. Uh, yeah, Hero nickname Man. name is I Want 18s or I'm Going Home. <laughs> what, Give his, me eighteens, uh, man. Yeah, eight, oh, eighteen the, slash the zero zeros. Huh? It's got to be the zero zero. It's not. It's not acceptable. Yeah. Oh my god. <laughs> I'm a paladin with eighteen strength, eighteen intelligence, eighteen charisma, twenty wisdom. So and, uh, I had a let. I had a let's play session that reminds me of. And possibly will remind all of us of why we don't generally play older games because of the sheer number of hurdles you go through in the process. Uh, mm -hmm. yeah. Andrew and I decided to record The Bouncer for the PS2 because it's this <laughs> bizarre ass game that Bye. I have fond memories of and I wanted to go back to it, especially since I keep like mentioning it from time to time in various contexts because it's a strange little game. Mm -hmm. And yeah, the, the game's like a... It's like a three-hour-long game total, and and that's only if you're screwing. I mean, actually, it's it's closer to like two hours if you're not screwing up and dying and stuff like that. Like it's 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 very very brief. Like many many of the uh, like beat 'em up arcade games essentially that go to consoles and they turn out to be like ninety minutes long or less. Uh, mm -hmm. But it's bizarre because it's a game where everyone, all the characters themselves, are members of a of they're like they're bouncers at a at a bar, but immediately okay. ninjas can have your girlfriend, and it goes full Square Enix in about 30 seconds to being, like, a weird, like, fantasy, sci-fi, bizarre, at like, all the tech and buildings look like Final Fantasy VII aesthetic, like, that kind of weird, mm -hmm. like, here's the factory that is ruining the earth and stuff like that. And you... 
it, it's bizarre. Like you, uh, at every mission, you pick one of three characters, and the characters you pick at different parts of the story can lead to story branches that change the the direction the game's going in, almost like in a visual novel sense. But instead of making decisions, oh, yeah. you're literally just picking which of the three characters you want to play as. No, I've seen I've seen games do that before, but I can't I can't say precisely which one. Must have been I, something really old. I want to say Zone of the Enders did something like that, didn't it? If we're thinking of old, old games. <laughs> it might be the first game... It, it might be the first game I've ever seen as like as a kid where like I encountered a flowchart for a video game. Because <laughs> mm. I think I, yeah. I had the strategy guide and I think, it, I think it had something like that in there. But what's bizarre... What was bizarre about our experience playing with it is just how many things can go wrong just trying to record an older game and how much of a mess that becomes. Mm. So we were just a console game. Yeah, so we we're just trying to play a PS2 game. So first of all, we mm-hmm. had to go through all this the hurdles of just acquiring the hardware and software to make this whole thing work in the first place cuz we were all geared up to play it like a week beforehand, but then we found out that Andrew's uh disk drive is just dead in his uh mm-hmm. console. Uh so we had uh, so I actually acquired a PlayStation 2 Slim just to make this work. And uh I was like, we're just going to, it's fine. We're just going to make this work. And hey, as a consolation prize, maybe later I'll do like an Onimusha playthrough or something. Uh, <laughs> and things just kept getting worse. And it's like, it's it's elements of technical problems and also being out of your element. Because on a technical yeah. level, we had to deal with the fact that every time a PS2 switches from in-game graphics to like pre-rendered cutscenes and back, it essentially stops transmitting video for a moment. Which means uh, that the, it, that means when you're recording with the Elgato, it cuts to like the screen that says no signal and stuff like that oh, in the middle geez. of playing. It then cuts uh-huh. back to the recording. Uh, then we had the issue of like realizing that the PS2 had this incredibly weird, misguided idea of having pressure sensitive buttons, which is a concept that's never been used since. So it's easy to forget it ever existed in the first place. But the you PS2 do heart attacks had, by pressing a button harder. Yeah, yep. pre- is that the, what P- it is? the PS2 has pressure sensitive buttons where it can actually measure how heavy you're pressing the button, which I don't remember coming... I don't really remember that coming up contextually in, like, any game ever, it basically. It only came up in, like, really, really early titles because they were like, it's launch, you need to show off all the features. Yeah, and it's, so like, it's, like a Wii feature, le- it's like a Wii but, release. <laughs> yeah. We've got to force motion controls in this. Oh, it was a mistake. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, like, this becomes a nightmare because you look... You try to figure out the combos... For your characters, which first of all, you can't look up your move. Le- you can't. It's a fighting game essentially, where you can't look up the move list of your character. You can. You can. Every level you acquire points, you can spend on life, attack, or defense, or buying new combos. And if you buy those new combos, those tell you their moves, like what buttons they are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you can't look up any of the moves that you start with for some reason. So there's an entire secret move list you start with. Uh, and on top of <laughs> the that, manual Keith. On top of that, <laughs> they didn't. Like some fighting games used to do, like they don't tell you what button the moves are. Mm-hmm. They'll 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 be like they'll be like SP plus J, and you're like what? So you have to figure out the secret meaning of all these letters they're telling you and what and oh. wh- which one's triangle and which one's circle because they all like mean something like jump or mid or something like that. So you have to figure now, out the plus- secret things, and then you have the issue oh. of like there'll be lowercase or capitalized letters, meaning that you have to hit the button lightly or heavily. Hard. And some Definitely. of the combos are literally like hit the hit the button hard, light, hard on the same button. So a lot of mm-hmm. the combos are one button, but you have to master this this ridiculous like sensitivity system. And mm-hmm. that that's a whole nightmare in its own. But then 
Add this is why issues. I like the HD remake trend recently. <laughs> like, Okami is coming out in an HD remake form. And I'm like, yay, I can finally play Okami. Because, boy, am I not going back to an older platform and trying to go through that shit. So it became, oh, a, night- way, it became a nightmare where, like, Andrew was having to, like, research the game while I was playing it to try to help me play the game. Because, like, mm-hmm. I was having an issue where, like, I was hitting Circle. And I had... I had Circle would do three different moves that I liked, and I couldn't tell which one was was going to happen. I eventually figured out one of them would happen if I was pressing forward, but the other two would happen uh. if I was standing still. And what, the one I really wanted to do was one of those two moves. So that's how he, that's when he looked it up and figured out that it was pressure sensitive inputs. Because I was like, I don't. Because he was like, just do that move. That one always works. And I'm like, I I can't. <laughs> like I'll just hit circle <laughs> three times in a row, and different things will happen, and I don't know why. And uh, I, <laughs> yeah. It's, it's amazing- very easy to like record old games. It's very easy to record new games. It's really hard to record those games that are like between that. <laughs> where it's like PlayStation games, very hard to control. It's real to easy to go back to Castlevania 1. <laughs> yes. It's very hard to record like Castlevania Symphony of the Night or something. <laughs> I mean, they made that easy for us by putting it on uh on PS3 and, and Xbox, thankfully. Yeah. Uh, well, no. Yeah, a lot no. of old games are going to PC, thank goodness. So, <laughs> but like it was so like we had an additional problem because we're using used hardware because that's all that exists anymore. So we'd get the moves and all the moves were like hold. Out. We eventually figured out via a key that Andrew found online that the to use special moves you have to that you purchase you have to hold L one then press the button. But because different pressure of pressing the buttons would lead to different uh, attacks constantly, what happened is I would I would hit L1 and press the button and a different move would happen. So I thought I was doing the move I was trying to do. It turned out, mm. which I and we only found this out during like the final boss of the entire playthrough, uh, that my the controller I had purchased L1 and L2 were broken. Mm-hmm. So they didn't work the entire playthrough, and I didn't realize they didn't work because I would press the same button and get different <laughs> results. So I thought that L1 was working, but it was actually just the pressure-sensitive inputs. <laughs> I'm like losing my <laughs> mind here. And just to top wow. off the long-ass list of problems going on just trying to record this game, uh, we when we when we were finished with like our three hours of recording, we looked at the video, and all the video has, interla- has interlacing problems. Oh, no. So the entire screen is combed all the time. So like when now we need to try to find we're, we're trying to find if there's any way to like de like deinterlace it in post to make the video look better. Otherwise, like either there have are, to, like I'd have to either there are throw it away or you something. can run stuff through, but um, I don't know if they how well they work. I've, I've deinterlaced a couple of things. It's super non-ideal. Do you mean like the pixels for different rows are off yes. by like a couple? So, That's what I'm thinking. So interlacing is a way to make um, low frame rate and old games look higher frame rate, basically. And what it is, is you you never show the image as it is. You show half of the image interlaced with the half of the next image. So mm. on old monitors and old displays, this looked really good because those old displays were fuzzy and nothing was ever like pixel perfect. On new monitors and new displays, that looks horrible because we can have pixel perfect accurate perfect accuracy, or at least like much closer to it. <laughs> and so, on new monitors, everything looks really fuzzy and gross, and you and you see like ghost images of everything. Like mm-hmm. everything is double. You have like double vision all the time when you look at and uh, whenever something is moving footage. around, it looks like there's comb sticking out of it. Yes. Ah. Huh. 
It's not it's great news, and it wasn't bad. showing up when we were recording it, but it showed up in the recording. You're like, ah, oh, fuck. Yep. So it's probably similar to if you're watching a 3D movie without the glasses, like the new ones that are That's in theaters now. That's a pretty good uh, analogy, yeah. The problem because that it we looks like it's double vision. The yep. problem we encountered is that like we managed to fix the interlacing problem in, in the recording itself, but then every time it would cut out for to do a... Uh, pre-rendered cutscene or something then cut back in it would then come back interlaced so like our our fix that we thought we did at the beginning of the entire playthrough only worked for like the first few minutes because then it broke itself when it, every time it would cut through uh, a, go to a cutscene it also had a, what were you using we're using an elgato we're using an elgato and then like a rgb to hdmi <laughs> converter and stuff like that oh it's a uh -huh. it's a mess that, trying will, to make, that, trying to, that converter will probably be where you're getting interlacing issues from and stuff. Trying to make the shit work is such a gargantuan nightmare. Uh, and because I don't I, think Elgato's have interlacing, do they? I don't oh, know. Yeah, they can take in they can take in interlaced video, but huh. so but we, the cutscenes would reset it. I also encountered yeah. a completely mm. baffling design oversight, which is that. Uh, in this game, you can remap your controls and you can change the sensitivity of the button press sensor and stuff like that, which I was like, mm -hmm. oh, godsend, this fix everything. So like, I'll like, I'll remap it so that uh, like the hold down button for your specials is R or something like that. And I'll like, I'll, like uh -huh. I can like go around the broken controller and I can like turn down the sensitivity so that I can, I have to press it way harder to do the hard ones because I was doing the hard ones by accident when I was trying to press it lightly and I could not even yeah. figure out how to press lightly most of the time. Uh, much to my surprise, uh, when you're playing the game, like in the game, when you're in the games, like during fights and stuff like that, like there's no, there is no, uh, pause menu where you can go to options. So you have to go to the options menu on the title screen, but then when you load your save to play the game, the game only, the game just reverts to that, that saves settings. So that means that no. the only way to change settings is to start the entire game over because you can't load an existing save with your new changed settings because it will only use the settings that that particular playthrough uh, started with, wow. even though it's yeah. And when you That's pause the amazing. game, there's the, when you pause the game, like five options show up. None of them are options. <laughs> like they're uh, all like they're all like uh, quit and uh, other various other things and stuff like that. But none of them are like an options menu where you can like change the audio mix or remap your controls because that game actually had remappable buttons. You can remap every button like a PC game, but you can only do that preemptively huh. when you don't know how to play the game yet. It was wow. it was bizarre. But one of the but that that game like that game is a weird secret treasure. And I and I'm probably super biased from playing it as a kid, but like part of me wants the Yakuza are, people. It's not a good game. No, it's not a good game. <laughs> it's not a good game at all. But it's part of me pretty bad. Part of me wants the Yakuza team, especially since Yakuza Six is like supposed to be the end of their franchise or something. I want them to make a, a new The Bouncer, where mm -hmm. they take that storyline that was originally like a two-hour game and make it into like a twenty-hour action RPG, like the Yakuza games. Because first of all, it has the same like the combat is like one to one easy conversion between Yakuza and the Bouncer. Like they are like three D brawlers. Like they're both attempts at making modern versions of that idea, a modern like three D version of the old brawler genres. But also, when you go in the Bouncer, like every single scene is a plot twist. Every scene is a plot twist and a secret reveal of this character being the brother of that character and all these five hundred things going on. Like. If that game was mm -hmm. stretched out over 20 hours, they could actually make it work because the game itself, it feels like you're playing through three seasons of a show in two hours. 
it feels like one of those Dynasty Warriors like adaptations where they totally mangle the story by making like Arslan work over the course of a ten mission video game and stuff like that. So like, uh, there's one part of the bouncer that I really like, and that is the character names. There's so every character has this beautifully crafted name. The rest of the character design is stupid, but the character <laughs> names themselves like are so fun. What are the say. character names? Oh, they're great. So, um, you can so there's like a this um this multiplayer mode where you can like beat each other up and you can do like four player. And the like, announcer fighting. says all of their names when you click on their them. Names, and like, they're so Mikado. Yeah. So they have all these beautiful <laughs> names, and there's this announcer that's just like is so into it and until you hear Cole it you probably have no idea like why i'm making a big deal out of it but when you do hear it it's like this guy's just been like sion barzad Mugetsu. isn't that what they Echidna. do for soul caliber caldea orchid that's yeah a, but both they have even wrong. better names because they don't make any sense they're not people names yeah their names are like <laughs> duragon c mikado dominique yes. cross echidna caldea uh -huh. orchid Kolefo, Mugetsu, Sion mm -hmm. Barzad, Volt Kruger, and Wong yeah, Volt Lung. Volt Kruger. <laughs> Every time you think a character, Duragon C. Mikado. <laughs> and there's four Duragon C. Mikados on the character select screen. Yes, every, you can have every four time you different... fight him, he becomes a new playable character in the versus mode for some reason. Yeah, so you have to beat Do the game four times modes? to unlock the uh, all the characters. And the only thing that changes is the end of the game. So it wastes your time pretty badly, but kind it's also a two-hour game. The so entire third, So the, the entire middle third of the game... So, like, the whole first part is uh, Dominique was kidnapped, so you got to get to Duragon's... You mean like, Dominique Cross. Dominique Cross was kidnapped, so you've got to go to, to Duragon C. Mikado's mansion. And after you fight him and his and his uh, <laughs> panther friend, Caldea Orchid, uh, he presses a button, you fall through a trapdoor. And yeah. when that happens, you pick the next character to play as, and you're stuck as that character for like a third of the game because they get yeah. separated from the other two characters and unique content. So that makes the replay better. And then there's that's all, true. Kolefo section is actually kind of neat. It was it's great. Like a stealth. That's the one we did. That's the one we it's did. It's like a stealth section. You, you have to like gimp mask because like the ninjas look like gimp people, and you're wearing one of the full yeah. masks so that they don't recognize you. And they map. They do a different pose to each of the four face buttons on the PS2. And every time you meet somebody, you have to do the same pose they do by remembering which of the four face buttons that pose was. And if you screw it um. up, they're like, "You're not." It's like you're an imposter, and they fight you. <laughs> <laughs> and you're, so you're going through like this weird like faux like it's like a segment that they would put in a Metal Gear game. <laughs> it is like very similar game. to Metal Gear. It's not. It's a it's a really bad game. It's it's a really bad game. It's it's so it's, bad. It's awesome. <laughs> it's so <laughs> it's a terrible game. It's so, so it's a beat -em stupid up. B movie. The one thing that we have like, talked about is that game awesome. It's it's a beat em up, and it's like one of the worst yes. in the genre. Because <laughs> I, I just like the idea of of having a a storyline where you choose like the characters at different intervals and it but branches the, the story out, stories but... are very uninteresting oh yeah the plot itself is like it's paper thin so Aww. it's like durgon like captures sion barzad's girlfriend dominique and then uh like i guess she is like she dominique. dominique was actually like a clone or something is that what dominique happened? is secretly an android because it's right. almost immediately revealed via flashbacks that Duragon C. Mikado, uh, as a child, would go from like hospital to hospital trying to get trying to save his sister, and then it just cuts away, and it's like, oh, what happened to that sister? 
and it turns out that, that Dominique died, and the Dominique Cross you know is an android replica of her of him that of her that he apparently made at some point to try to recapture Wait, Dominique as a person. No, yeah, the main character has been like sleeping Sion, with an android. Sion's an dating android Dominique. sister. Yeah, no, no, the android no, the, is the yeah. sister. Sion is the protagonist. Duragon is oh, the villain. Oh. Dominique is Duragon's sister and Sion's girlfriend, but also a robot. <laughs> it's such oh, a bad. Okay. And, there's, there's, and it's it's also like hilariously badly written in every single scene forever. Like, uh, <laughs> like when they're like, Dominique is dying, and Duragon's like, "Please, you have to help my sister as a little boy and stuff like that." And they're like, "Sorry, the doctor's out. You're gonna have to find another hospital." And they just close the door in his face, and it's like, "What? <laughs> <laughs> what, what hospital is this?" And like we're like, and you're like wondering like, how did how did Sion never? Uh, never realized Dominique was an android, and weirdly enough, that is oddly covered by the writing. But oh, but also just raises new questions because before at one point, Sion hugs uh, Dominique, and and see, and Dominique's like, "You've never even hugged me before." I'm like, "How long have you been dating? That you've never like <laughs> even touched each other before? How does this work?" And also, Sion is note for note Sora from Kingdom Hearts on every possible design level. Like it's it's baffling how. Like they were like, well, the bouncer failed. Uh, I'll just reuse this character, though. I like him, <laughs> and so they just made him the star of like what is now like a seven-game Disney franchise thing. Whoa, well, wait! They look like Kingdom Hearts characters. The no, Sion does. Sion looks the main like Sora. Character looks like Sora. Yeah, okay, exactly. we're looking this up because I want to see. Oh, Here, I can just grab a picture of it. Yeah, just go on Google. No, if, you t- if you just type Sion Sora, the first result is usually an image comparing the two of them. Because they're basically the same person. <laughs> like I, one, I was imagining like very burly people and stuff. Can you go to the character? No, Sora list? is just Sion with clown like clown proportions. <laughs> like I got poofy <laughs> shorts now and poofy shoes and a keyblade, mm-hmm. but everything else is like the same notes, note for note, to the point of being weird. Yeah. Wait, yeah, these are, is uh, Volt Kruger actually an Oni, or does he have just no, those body Volt modification has horns. horns? Volt has yeah. his he- uh, yeah heavy body mod, but also like Volt is like one of those go to like one of my favorite failed cosplays that comes up a lot. Is a lot of people <laughs> cosplay Volt Kruger and it never works out. Oh yeah, they, oh, they always the thing screw is, it up. Nobody is swole enough to cosplay as some of these people. No, you're not swole enough to cosplay as Volt Kruger. You're not swole enough to cosplay as the Hulk. Every, every, well, I mean, not even, like, cosplay at that point. Like, <laughs> Halloween, Halloween Hulk costumes are always sad. <laughs> There's so many. This is interesting. Wong Leung, I mean, he looks like some sage man right out of some Chinese. That guy, that yeah. guy literally gets introduced to the game just to die. Like, yeah. he shows oh. up and... Because you get to Mikado's mansion after the, when you're done with the first third of the game, and you get you you arrive at Wong. Uh, Wong is there, and Wong is apparently uh, Duragon's master, and like like Duragon is his apprentice. But also, mm-hmm. Sion was also Wong's apprentice. So it's like <laughs> yes. it's that it's that that trope of like the good apprentice sees the bad apprentice kill the master. But it's literally Wong's uh... first scene in the game is him getting mm-hmm. killed that way. He never does anything in the entire game, and there's no reason to introduce him to the story it's like it's one of those details it sticks to drama man it's one of those 500 details that are so like jammed into such a short runtime that i'm like this really feels like somebody wrote like an anime or like a full story like thing that was three seasons long and then a game blew through it in two hours because they couldn't get it adapted into anything else 
Like mm-hmm. I wouldn't be surprised if the story was pitched to somebody else first, and only the pe- and only the game company actually picked it up after like their third attempt, and like that's why it became a video game, even though the story doesn't work at all, because <laughs> that it moves so fast for some reason. <laughs> well, yeah. I, so that's a blast from the past. Oh yeah, the bouncer. That game is sucks. Ah, uh, it sucks so much, and I love it. I love the way it sucks. <laughs> it's so it's burned into my brain. <laughs> apparently it is for you too it's one of those bad games that you remember forever the launch title man we bought a ps2 and then we were like oh what game should we get for it we have three options one of which is medieval one of which is like i don't know ssx tricky or something i don't even remember and one of which was the bouncer and the bouncer sucked (laughs) so i got another example of dumb thing for the bouncer which is that in the bouncer, uh, you can clearly see that the logo has like a paragraph of text on it, but because it's a PS2 game, you can't even come close to reading it. Like it's completely impossible. There's just a bunch of text there, so you have to you either have to look it up online or like or like squint at the cover of the game because it's actually le- it's actually the summary of the premise of the game, <laughs> just on the logo. <laughs> but like the primary place you see it is on the start screen, where it's just like a weird blurry nightmare that they never check to see if it would be readable. <laughs> It's it. It felt well, like it felt like finding the decoder ring in a cereal box when I realized that it actually had text on it I could read. <laughs> well, we're at about the uh, end of the podcast. Does anyone have any last minute topics they want to bring up? Oh, yeah, questions. I do. Oh, okay. Oh, well, let's uh, let's do questions next time. This is way too short for questions unless Keith has one that's been burning. Uh, we could finish the one from before because we already, we already talked about the. Uh... Wait, no. Never mind. I don't think we actually did touch on this topic. Never mind. Okay. Well, <laughs> in uh, in Shells and I's experiments in uh, dietary things, we've been experimenting with yogurts because Whole Foods has a huge selection of yogurt that are fairly good. I think we mentioned having almond yogurt a couple weeks back. Well, today we decided to pick up cashew yogurt instead. Oh, how did that go? Tastes like almond yogurt, but like a little bit more palatable. It is funky, though. It's like... Liquid. It's not yogurt. Yeah, it's like almost kind of this jelly-like thing, but it tastes like yogurt. It's so bizarre. Huh. I don't understand veganism, but <laughs> my forays into it are magic. You find very interesting things, I guess. Yes. Yes, very. I, uh, that's it. That's all. I've had a, some vegan food. Uh, I had vegan cheese once, and just that's pointless. Why? Vegan cheese <laughs> tastes so bad in my opinion mm. yeah. i don't know i i can't i could never go vegan i don't think that's uh i just like dairy i like dairy i could do vegetarian just fine but vegan's I like pizza. too much <laughs> yeah it's like the most least vegan thing i ever. was gonna say everything on a pizza is like non-vegan <laughs> so there you go <laughs> it's not like we're the trying tomato. to eat more vegan food. It's just there's interesting things, but yeah, when we go to Whole Foods, it's like, like well, here's a, a bunch of regular stuff. Dip. That was good, and then there's some bizarre stuff. Let's go with the bizarre stuff. The cashew cheese dip was good. It was very good, pricey mm-hmm. though. That's the one problem I have but, with veganism. It's so so expensive. Yeah, it is very expensive. It's funny outside right now because all the squirtle, uh, not squirtles. The squir- <laughs> Squirt, squirt, squirt. Turns out we live in Pallet Town. News to me. <laughs> no, all of the squirtle. I'm saying it again. All of the squirrels 
are uh, currently vying for territory and battling over all of the acorns and fruits and anything that's fallen on the ground, and it's hilarious. But, yeah. So we're just walking Have along Have you caught any of them? No, no. I wouldn't forgive her. They're like, they're like chittering and squealing at one another and whacking their tails. And it, are it's they using tail the whips? Uh, no, not in that way. They're, they're using Leer and <laughs> and I don't know what other ones. <laughs> not supersonic. They don't have that. What would you call roar? No, they don't roar either. Squirrels or squirrels? That's it. That's the Gen 1 sound. (laughs) 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 I summon you, Pikachu. (laughs) That's what they all sounded like. So while we were talking about uh, the developers of Primordia, they started messaging me on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) Funny. I don't. I don't think they're watching right now. So I don't think that's. I think that's just a coincidence. But uh, I'm like sitting here explaining to them on Twitter my editing style, basically, because they're like, "What if the developer of Soma, or not of Soma, of the Redwall game, started messaging us and being like, I heard what you said about me?'" <laughs> it wouldn't be oh, the no. first time that a developer got mad at me. That's how I met you guys. Yeah, but <laughs> you can barely call the people that got mad at you developers. No, yeah, they're they insults to the title of developer. No. Yeah, yeah. Like, Joe and Andrew went to, like, a Siftio Cube game dev conference with a guy that made Frog Fractions, and they made a Yu-Gi-Oh! Rock, Paper, Scissors game with those in a game jam, and that was more of a game than Smash a Seal. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, they're, they're, uh, cause they're, they're wondering how I get through without getting stuck constantly in their game, and the trick is that I realized that if I, if I open the inventory screen of the game, there's nothing moving on the screen, so I can just sit there and brainstorm for as long as I want to if I'm, gen- <laughs> if I'm genuinely stuck and then crossfade it, and no one will be able to see or hear the edit. <laughs> wow. You really do that? <laughs> yeah. I help, That's false I, advertising, Keith. False advertising? That's not even, like, what any of those words mean. <laughs> yeah, the, you're being super Agamemnon about this, and you're false advertising. Agamemnon, you're gonna have Stop to Stop self-sabotaging me, Wait, Keith. wait, what does this where, have to where? do with King Agamemnon? <laughs> Bird is trying to crash this podcast. Words. He's just saying as hard words as possible. <laughs> I'm not trying, I'm succeeding. <laughs> He's just successfully saying words. <laughs> he did it. Now, was he the king of Medea? And Medea's some... Medea's Christmas. No, no. <laughs> All right, because Medea also... goes to Christmas. Thanks for, thanks for watching, watching everybody. His, his you brother know, that, 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 one, was the king of that one place hey. where Christmas happens. Uh, <laughs> at least in the, in the Odyssey. Three, three nerds and a cow signing off. I guess. Wow, we actually went back to that. <laughs> I I didn't have anything else to put on the brakes. I figure pure noise. <laughs> That'll do it. Keith, Our fourth you have something you want to add. The cow. Do you have one more point you're making? Or did I destroy oh, no, no, no. everything? Agamemnon really. was the king of Mycenae, I think. Sorry, I got I the, thought it was the king of Greece. I don't know. Well, no, no, no. There are different parts of Greece. No, His brother not. was the king of Sparta, Menelaus. So Agamemnon, Menelaus. Okay, we need to stop before I start going to like history IMDb. Yeah. No, <laughs> this, is, this, is a, this is a topic That's that has no Wikipedia, end. Wikipedia, you nerd. No. See you guys oh. next time. Send your messages to foreignnerdsquestions at gmail.com and maybe we'll answer them sometime next year when we answer questions again. Uh, we keep having games to talk about. We have a lot of catching mm-hmm. up to do when people are gone for a month.
See you guys next time.